Hello and good morning, Gamer Universe. Welcome to this week's incredible new episode of Breakfast with Boom. And of course, I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL, and we have an incredible show for you today. Expect the next two hours of your fantastic Friday morning to be filled with lots of gaming talk banter. And of course, I have an incredible panel to help do that. And we're going to start off with one of the OG members making his return for 2021. He is our resident trophy hunting PlayStation positive gamer representative. Please welcome my very good friend, BitCloud Gaming. Welcome back, brother. Hey, it's good to be back. Happy 2021. 134 Platinums. I'm interested to see how big that number grows as the year goes. But man, uh, it's good to be here. I'm looking forward to these topics, and uh, yeah, some good show. Yeah, well, thanks so much for being here, dude. And of course, we we are obviously very privileged to have you a part of this panel each and every week. Next up, you know him as someone that carries a chainsaw in his back pocket, and he's always looking to play multiplayer games on the Xbox. Please welcome the best voice in podcasting, Crispy Bomb. Uh, good morning what is up everybody i am back also happy new year to everybody and let's get into it well thank you for being here brother and yes we're gonna have a great show we got some xbox talk we got some playstation 5 talk and we have a bunch of other things we're going to be breaking down momentarily next up another gentleman making his first appearance in 2021 and of course he is someone that keeps it real on each and every episode he's on please welcome good morning everyone happy new year i finally got some chicken waffles but it's not the type <laughs> you think i went to that place that doesn't open on sundays and ordered you believe it or not you can order the lunch menu for, for breakfast. breakfast i like yeah. it i like it so i got those waffle fries and got some chicken and barbecue sauce and i'm ready i'm ready to rock and roll well, hopefully you enjoy, you, you fill your belly well, and you have a lot to say regarding today's topics. But I do want to move on to our special guest. Now, he is someone that, in my opinion, is a content creator, not only on the rise, but one you should be subscribed to. His gamer pick or his avatar is the best in the business, of course. It is my very good friend. Slow-mo, backslap, welcome to the program there, dude. Hey, boom! How's it going, man? How how is the panel? What's up, Drip? What's up, BitCloud? What's up, Crispy? What's up, Chat? How you guys doing, man? Having a good time? Having a good day? Is uh, you know, we got some very interesting topics. I'm excited to get into. So let's do it, man. Well, listen, thank, it's always great to work with you, and it's always fantastic to have you a part of the panel. Uh, we do have Joe, also known as Mr. Bedbit. He is handling some personal family uh, situations right now. Hopefully, he will be joining us momentarily. But let's get into what the thumbnail that I put together for today's show is about. And that is, of course, talking about the highly anticipated if uh mass effect trilogy remaster uh now obviously i am excited i think it's safe to assume that there are many people in this chat many people on this panel looking forward to playing mass effect again because obviously 
uh, this trilogy is one of the most uh, beloved and revered uh, trilogies in gaming. It set the Xbox 360 on fire. And of course, the Mass Effect 1 was originally an exclusive it then moved on to, of course, the PlayStation 3. And folks, regardless of whether or not you loved it, you liked it, or you loathed it, Mass Effect, the franchise, the trilogy, has really uh, dominated the conversation when talking about some of the best games in the last two generations. Of course, last generation with the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, we got Mass Effect Andromeda. That is one of a touchy subject and one that some people really, really enjoyed. Perfect example, our good friend of the show, Luca, loved and quite enjoyed Mass Effect Andromeda. And there are plenty of people like myself who gave it a shot multiple times and just could not bring myself to finish it. But in a story that I pulled from WCCF Tech, they're reporting that the Mass Effect Legendary Edition could release as soon as March 2021. And obviously, there are some people, and we were talking privately, that have some concerns about this because EA has yet to provide any screenshots, any actual gameplay, or solid information regarding the project. Now, according to two, not one, two different Asian um, uh, game corporations, uh, one is called, uh, it's, it's, it's based in Singapore, and the, the site is called Shop, uh, Shop Tree. Uh, and there's another one in Indonesia that is called GSS, or no, GS Shop. They are both reporting, according to their knowledge, that on March 12th, 2021, which is only a couple of months away, Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition, is going to be released for, obviously, the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. Now, why this is, you know, there's some, there might be something to this is because maybe a retailer makes a mistake, right? One retailer. But is it is it safe to say that two separate retailers would make the same mistake? Well, I don't know. It's, it, to me, there might be something here. But what's interesting, and I think I think Slomo is going to attack this immediately. And what's concerning is that on November twentieth, which is of course uh, known as N Seven Day, uh, and, and that happened last year, it, this obviously was announced, and the press release uh, basically broke down what we would be getting in the new. Uh, HD or remake or remastered trilogy. And it says here this Mass Effect Legendary Edition will include single player base content and DLC from Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 3, plus promo weapons, armors, and all packs. All remastered and optimized in 4K Ultra HD and will be available on the Xbox One, PS4, and PC with forward compatibility targeted enhancements for the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. More information to come in the new year. Now, slow-mo, you, I would think it's safe to say, is one of the biggest fans of this series. And you, when we were talking through our DMs, had some concerns about what we would be actually getting. Because the one thing that we don't know, and I don't think, I, and I looked, folks, I actually did my due diligence to find out, we have no idea how long this 
HD remaster has been in the development at EA. Now, it could be a year. It could be two years. It could be six months. Slomo, do you have concerns if, in fact, this March 12th date is real? I, I don't have any concerns on whether the date is real. My more my bigger concern is what did, are they actually doing with this? Is it just a up resolution to 4K and that's it? Is it just uh, and, and I'm sorry if you got if you guys hear any banking. That's uh, I got a contractor in the house. Um, but uh, if is it just uh, a minimum? Um, work done to it in a re-release with just all the content all brought into it like what is really happening here is it a little bit more in depth than that are they doing some quality of life changes for mass effect one i don't yes. know yeah. um I, I think mass effect one the, the two and three are fine they don't need anything but one one definitely would need <laughs> Um, a little, a little TLC, a little modernizing with uh, the inventory system, the 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 controls of that terrible Mako, and and some of the 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 cover shooting, which were, I mean, it was Bioware's first foray into any kind of shooting period, so it, it's it's understandable that they had some growing pains with it, but some of that stuff could be updated, you know, and and I think I think it would be. Speaking of someone who plays through the series or the trilogy at least once a year and how much I, I enjoy it, I think there are a lot of newer gamers who haven't played through them because they're a little bit older now. And it would be I will it would be a disservice to them if they played the first game and it and saw how dated combat was and was like, ah, you know, the same for me, and really miss out on the great story. I agree, really I agree. Great trilogy. And then, you know, had not have that enthusiasm moving on into the future towards the eventual new Mass Effect that they're working on. So I, I think that's work that they should have uh, hopefully have done. But it's concerning that we've seen a screenshot of the new Mass Effect game, but no screenshots from a remaster of the trilogy that's coming out in two months. Yeah, that's, you're you're absolutely right. And, and you know yeah, it's going it's good. Well, it's going to be here before you know it because of the simple mm -hmm. fact that we are closing out January. I mean, this month just completely flew by. Um, we're already on. We're already uh, halfway through the month, and uh, the twelfth of March will be here momentarily. It almost seems like the first quarter of the year is going to be gone in a snap of a finger. And I agree with you. Uh, it's pretty, pretty. I mean, listen. I understand that maybe they're doing some things that they want to, um, you know, surprise the fan base with. But the fact that we don't have anything and that we have screenshots of Mass Effect, uh, whatever it's going to be called. Yeah, dude, I think you're right. I really think, really think you're onto something here. Uh, I mean, look. And it was delayed. And it was delayed, yes. It was supposed to be out last October. Correct. And then yes. it got delayed. And then now Casey Hudson is gone, the general manager, and mm -hmm. another director is gone. Yep. And they still don't have a new director. They still haven't announced a new director. It's been some time since Casey Hudson left. And it's just like, yo, so what's going on over here? Like, I'm, if it's, we, we already know what the game looks like. We've played the game before. It's just like, yo, if you, like, why aren't you showing anything from it? Because honestly, if it looks bad, you're not going to be able to fix it by March second. So no, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. What's up? It's just, it's just weird to me. I, it's just very strange. 
I mean, look, let's, uh, I mean, let's, let, I, again, I don't want to say the ship is on fire. Uh, there, there are some serious things going on at Bioware. Big Cloud, let, let's get you in on the conversation. Look, the, the, the one thing that we can say without even making a stretch of the truth here is that right now, Bioware is spiraling out of control and they have been for quite some time. Yep. Um, uh, you know, you know, I know a lot of people are, were, were, were talking about in, in the community, you know, uh, about how uh, maybe they could finish the trilogy that they originally started with Knights of the Old Republic, you know, with now that Star Wars deal is dead with EA. Uh, and I say, and I immediately jumped on to social media and said, uh, please don't do that at all. Don't give them anything. Uh, A, because I have completely lost faith in Bioware. Um, and it's not because I don't think that there are, there are talented people there. I think that there is internal problems that have been going on for so long that I don't even know if they understand the direction the company is going. And if you look at what they're currently doing, let's yeah. just take into account, they're talking about uh, taking Anthem and releasing the 2.0 version, which is supposed to be a revamp of the series. Supposedly, they're working on the next Mass Effect. Supposedly, they're working on the next Dragon Age. And, of course, they're working on the HD trilogy. These are four monster projects. But bringing the HD trilogy into the conversation, which, of course, is why all of us are here, how, do you have any concerns on exactly what we're going to get? And do you think that that it maybe there might be something if because we haven't seen any screenshots or even gameplay of what it looks like? And it, like Slow Mo just said, it's releasing in two months. I mean, your concerns are valid at this point, right? Because it sounds everything you just uh, mentioned, it just sounds like more quantity more than quality. You know, Anthem had left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. It was overhyped. They didn't do anything with it. And with this new collection that they're thinking of doing, since we haven't seen anything of it, it's like what you're saying, you know what I'm saying? It's basically a blank canvas right now. We don't know what really what to expect. It can be good. It can be bad. You know, there are good things in remastering certain things. Like we saw that with uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3. There are good things with remastering and remaking them. You know, you can get good results, but ultimately you can get bad results because you're changing a blood franchise depending on, you know, how big of an, an update you're going for so really it's kind of like it's up in the air at this point on what really to expect yeah and i agree with you I, I think it is really up in the air and it's 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 actually man you know i mean when you when you talk about the mass effect trilogy what should happen what should immediately happen is we should be enveloped in excitement and anticipation because of who we're talking about. It's Mass Effect for crying out loud. So yeah, it's it's first impressions and yes. going off of the last impression, which was Anthem. You see what I'm saying? That's how yes. bad the, the situation is. And granted, I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen a company in this type of situation. I mean, look at Capcom. Capcom was legit one of the most hated companies until recently with their remakes. You know, now everybody's anticipating what? A Dino Crisis remake at this point. So yeah, no, well, I don't know when that's going to happen, but hopefully that's gonna, that's certainly going to happen much sooner than later because that that's another one that deserves Absolutely. the Resident Evil Two remake proper, uh, you know, development. And again, we, we could get it. Maybe they're working on it because maybe something on that list was uh, was met, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. That big was, leak, yeah. uh, and and maybe it just wasn't on there because they were not talking about it then. But maybe they are working on it internally. Exactly. I will say. I will say this. 
Same example there. Remember how Crash Bandicoot was like hidden for yes. so Sony made it the worst kept secret. They kept showcasing a lot of hints, like uh, executives wearing Crash on merch yes. or um, sound effects and commercials. It's same thing. Yeah, no, yeah, you, and you're absolutely correct in saying so. Uh, my 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 concern and 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 you know, the only people to blame for this is Bioware. I am excited for this trilogy. It is going to be a day one purchase for me. I'm hoping that the same uh, excitement that I had while playing these games returns and even in a bigger way. I am going to say, though, uh, that if there is one company that could F it up, so to speak, mm -hmm. unfortunately, it's Bioware. And, I'm, and, and you know something? I feel terrible saying that publicly on, you know, on the show but because of how much they have done to damage their own brand in their last couple of launches it, it would anyone blame me or would, would i blame anyone for having less no. than stellar confidence in what they're going to bring to the table no you no. just look at the spreadsheet the spreadsheet doesn't lie you know it's the quality really it always comes back to the quality of what that studio is producing if it's nothing but a cash grab, <laughs> you that's you know what I'm saying you're not gonna have no high expectations. You're not gonna have this faith. You're gonna look at them like, oh, they made that game. You know, and we we also still don't know why Casey Hudson left. Exactly. Yeah. We, we well, have no idea why. Remember how there was like that big eternal uh, question of why Amy Hennig left Uncharted mm -hmm. and were scared for Uncharted Four. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, but I know they they delayed. The legendary edition and then like before they officially announced it or maybe right after they officially announced it is when he left like i wonder if he thought yo it's not ready okay they got a delay look it's still not ready it's not going to be ready by the date that you wanted to be ready by which is essentially march is the end of ea's fiscal year so the same same reason why Andromeda got launched when it wasn't ready was they got a they got a delay. They allowed a delay, but when they tell their investors they're launching something within the fiscal year, EA that's their hard date. It's just yes. that there's no delaying yep. beyond that. You're you're going to launch it in this fiscal year, and their fiscal year ends in March. Yeah, so March thirty first. Yep. I really feel like they kind of don't feel like it's ready internally. <laughs> But wow. EA's like, well, <laughs> you better figure it out. <laughs> you got some. I got news so, for you. Uh, again, this is this this could uh, this in itself could be a topic for another day. But the 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 hole that that Bioware continues to dig themselves into is leading down a path. And EA, listen, we we yeah. know that they they only give so many uh, so many chances to people. I mean, look at the perfect perfect example of. How in the world are we in 2021 and we don't have a new Dead Space? Well, I could tell you why because EA yeah. closed that studio. That's why. Well, we at least well there was a bright idea in the tunnel for that particular story. You already know the spiritual successor. Uh, yes, which looks that is incredible. Yeah, I, I, it sure I, does. <laughs> it absolutely like does. at the end of the tunnel. But no, I agree with you completely. True. Yeah, I mean, what, listen, what do you think Bioware needs though? Uh, do you, God, do you I, think? I, um, I like think they need it. to. I, I, you know what? Here's the funny thing. It, mm -hmm. It's 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 a great question, and 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 you know something? I don't even know uh, it, it, as much experience as I have is as being a gamer slash now podcaster. Do I have the answer to that? Because you know, it's they have so much on their plate currently, and 
we all want a new Mass Effect, right? And, and based on that trailer, it looks as if they're going to be returning to the crew of the N7, which is all, everything that we want. But I, is, is it safe to say that maybe it's just they have too much going on? I mean, it, first of all, Casey Hudson leaving. I know people were like, well, you know, directors move on and everything. But this is... He yeah, didn't just because, leave himself, you know. He he left with one of one another big part of, yeah, of the, the way. Yeah, the way he left was not your typical "I'm leaving," because typically, what will happen. And, and I I did a video about this, and I pointed to how Aaron Flynn, the previous general manager, left. And when Aaron Flynn left, he sought out his replacement. He got Casey Hudson. In the same announcement that he said he was resigning, he announced Casey Hudson as his replacement yes. and spoke, you know, spoke really highly of Casey, talked all about how he was the lead director for the, the Mass Effect trilogy. He's going to get us back on, on the right path. I have all the faith in him, yada, yada, yada. We, we fast forward to last year and then Casey's leaving. Um, the initial announcement came from EA. Not from Casey. Right. Casey did an announcement afterwards. He didn't leave by himself. The lead director for their most important game right now, Dragon Age 4, left right. with him. Yep. It's just none of that looks like, and, and they, they, they don't have a replacement in, in mind. They didn't announce anyone as a replacement. All they said was, we're looking at people. This looks like either he was told, you're leaving now here's a box, put your stuff in it. Yeah. Or he yeah. said, I'm out, I'm done. And, yeah. you know, and there's been no time to do some vetting, sit down with someone, see who's a good fit. And then say, here's my, my lead date. I got two weeks. I'm going to get all everything together, prepare everyone, make sure the new guys up to speed. And then you guys can hit the ground running with, with the new regime. No, none of that. And so that's that's concerning to me. I, I know there's some people who feel like maybe we're being too harsh on them, but you there's been well documented like editorials from people like Jason Schreyer on all the stuff behind the scenes for the previous two games. And we haven't seen really anything to show that that has been righted or changed. And when you know that people were implementing changes and now those people are gone it's like well who's left what's left um i think i think to big cloud's question about what they need mm -hmm. i think bioware needs the same kind of freedom that respawn gets unlike that's a great unlike point. bioware respawn didn't wasn't forced to use frostbite for Correct. all their games yeah they, they were allowed to have some freedom and and work on games that they wanted to work on do things they wanted to do S stealth launch apex legends i agree they need like, 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 yeah. like um ea has with that one uh studio that was making jedi fallen order you know what i'm talking about mm. that's yeah, yeah, respawn respawn yeah well yeah even that type of um freedom that developer i meant i mean yeah. listen only time is going to tell but i do want to bring uh dreadpool into the conversation dreadpool listen here's the thing on a on a what what's concerning about this release that's only two months away is the fact that there are problems documented problems at bioware 
But here's another little uh, tidbit that we did not even consider. I thought I literally thought of it as uh, both slow mo and BitCloud were thinking. So let's just take this to scenario for a second. We have problems at Bioware within management, right? They're being, I think they're being overmanaged by EA. And I, and and that's because they could not deliver on Anthem, which is supposed to be the quote unquote destiny killer, right? So they, they're having internal problems. And when you now add COVID-19 to the conversation and people working from home and, and, and people were, were working remotely, this personally sounds like a recipe for disaster because of their past diligence not being where it needs to be for you has your excitement for this trilogy that's by the way 60 something days away has it turned from excitement to concern and will this be a day one purchase for you well let's see day one no uh, I have concerns. I have uh, some worries. You know, um, it, I do have questions. You know what I mean? What kind of remaster is this? Uh, did they enhance anything or is it just visual? You know what I mean? So it, it, they lead you to believe that it's visual, but is, is visual going to be enough? To, to bring well, on the next control tweaks, especially like Slomo said, for one. Now, one need, need, needs a lot of help. Exactly. So I, don't, I don't know. That's a good question. That And that's that's what I've been, uh, I've been hoping for and, and talking about ever since we heard that there was going to be a possible, uh, you know, rumor of, of this happening, you know, that hopefully they, they learned from 2, 3, and Andromeda to learn those tweaks and apply it to the predecessors. So that way it's a, it's, it's a more cohesive control scheme throughout the, the trilogy. So that, you know, because yeah, when we didn't know anything and we, we first played the first one, it, it was what it was, you know, then you got to the second one. You're like, okay, I, I like this better. You know, it, they changed it up. They fixed it. You know, they realized, okay, this isn't what, we may not exactly what we wanted, but it, this works better because of this. You know what I mean? They, they learned their lesson. That's, that's part of, you know, moving on and growing as a company. Are they the same company as they were back then? No, <laughs> we already know that a lot of people come and go. We know that uh, some key names come and go. So uh, it's just, it's, it's just funny because, you know, it, even in my mind, I've been thinking it's, it's just more of they're building up, right? They're just doing this, getting this out there, doing just enough to appease us, get us excited, right? So we're we're right now we're excited for this, even though we don't know anything about it. You know what I mean? They they given us some words. We re we're reading it. We're trying to decipher everything without giving us enough information, and you know as to how the controls are. You know we want the controls to be better, uh, to be more fun because there are some people that are going back now with the, with backwards compatibility and they don't like one they just jumped into two they're like screw this you know and go from two on you know uh so i'm looking at it as it's giving them time for n7 2021 to drop the new game it'll it'll build that hype get everybody on the ball and then here's the new game this year that's what i'm thinking 
Well, I and I and I like and I like the way you're thinking. Uh, I, I think the way that this would normally work for you know an average no, no problems existed a developer slash publisher would be that you would bring back a remaster in the form or a remake in the form of a Resident Evil two or a Resident Evil three. And then when you released Resident Evil The Village the following year, people would be chomping at the bit to buy your project, uh, your, yep. your project, right? Yes. Uh, we can only hope that what we get is uh, is reminiscent of what we remember the trilogy as being and that we have this excitement for. Because, look, here, the bottom line is this. Andromeda didn't work because they thought that they could just wipe the slate clean and do something new without bringing any of the old characters forward in any way, completely removing anything that we knew and love about Mass Effect 1 through 3. That obviously didn't work. I'm all in for new stuff, but they went to the extreme. I think that trailer uh, where uh, they showed um, one of the characters from the original one picking up where it said N7 sent the world on fire, and for good reason, because we do love Mass Effect, and we do want to see that trilogy carried over to new adventures with potentially some of the old crew, but we could bring new people in as well to further along the story. Hopefully what we get in this trilogy that's only 60 days away is going to be reminiscent of what, again, what we remember the trilogy being. Crispy, I want to bring you into the conversation because as someone who talks up Gears, for instance, and appreciates how they can tell a new story but they also don't forget where they came from. And I think a perfect example of that is whether you like 4 or you don't, they brought Gears back. They were safe with it, and I think they took some real big risks with 5, which I loved every one of them, and that is how you do it. For you, knowing the problems at BioWare, incorporating the fact that there's COVID-19 and people are working from uh, home and remotely, on this trilogy, how... How big are your concerns for this release that's only a couple of months away? Uh, yeah, a couple of months away. Haven't seen anything about the game. We could we could go on and on about you know. I mean, there should be like gameplay walkthrough at this point. I mean, I think I think everybody would be excited for that. Uh, if you're really trying to amp up the the new Mass Effect, uh, you, you should start uh, talking about you know the remaster. Um, I don't know. EA is. They, they're a corporation. Uh, I almost feel they're they're more of a corporation than you know a gaming developer. Um, they feel that they need they need to get this out at a certain time, and you know if it's not ready, I mean, it, people leaving this close to you know what should happen is concerning. I mean, let's be honest. It, it's not like you know. Uh, you know, Gears Five comes out. Rod Ferguson leaves. Like, there's a there's a big difference. Right. He he left. He left after the game has already been launched. Everything else, it had its issues. Of course, it did. But I feel like you know, and and that's where it goes. It says, could it be fine without Casey? Absolutely, because I was one of the few people who was like, Rod leaving was not a big deal to me. I thought the game may actually get a new direction and and have have some things happen, which it did. That we've been yelling at the rooftops for like come on you know so you know it's funny you say that because a lot of people and we've heard this through some back channels uh, i i'm not the first one to talk about this first of all i had a chance to meet rod he's a gentleman when i tell you his passion for 
Xbox and Gears is through the roof when you speak with him. And I got a chance to talk to him for about 10 minutes. It was awesome. But I am going to say this, Crispy, and I want to get your opinion about this. I know this is not a Gears topic, but because we're talking about directors leaving, there has been some chatter that the reason why the new DLC in Hivebusters exists and is the way that it is, and many, many people are really enjoying it, is because Rod left. And there was some um, freedoms allowed that were not in place before when he was running the studio. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But getting if moving this forward, talking about Casey Hudson leaving and having the director of the highly anticipated um, Dragon Age leave, this new trilogy, again, I don't know who's doing it. We don't know what team is doing it. We don't know who the, who the director is at this point. It, I have some serious concerns on how this is going to turn out, and I think everyone on this panel has really hit the nail on the head with why they have the same concerns. Well, continue your point. But, yeah, and, and, and that's the strange thing. Like, you look at what EA does, and you say, okay, are they going to treat them at some point like respawn? Now, Vince had to go and, and basically, you know, say, no, we're not doing this. I'm not using Frostbite. Yep. I'm using Unreal. Unreal is is for developers. I think this is why the their games are always successful on Unreal for the most part, is that it's it's easy to develop for. It is it is a well thought out engine. Um, it also gives you great visuals and things like that. So I, I don't know what they're trying to do. The only thing is, is how, how can we sit here and not be concerned when you're only, you're less than two months away, technically. So if that's the case and, and we don't see anything within the next month, that's legitimate and, and shows that, you know, like mass effect one has, you know, some revamp controls and everything else. It, I, you go back to gears, ultimate edition or Tony Hawk's pro skater. Okay. Two very successful remasters, all right? And they're remakes at the end of the day. they I mean, Tony Hawk plays totally different than what I remember as a kid. It's much faster. It has a, has a whole extra character roster to it. And it, most people regard it as a really great remake. And also with Gears Ultimate Edition, the, they revamped the multiplayer. They did a lot of things that were just different. So... They need to treat it right, or people are going to be really off-put on and even the new game. So hopefully they do the right thing. And I agree. I, again, this is a great topic to open up the show. Uh, definitely one worthy of a conversation for certain. And uh, I do want to move on to the next topic. But before I do, I do want to catch up on some of the Super Chats that came in. We have a good friend of the show. Uh, B4OH drops not one but two outstanding Super Chats. Did not leave a message. But the first Super Chat was for $0.99. Cents and the next one was for $2. B4OH, if you're listening, brother, thank you so much for being here and supporting Double Barrel Gaming. We also have a Super Chat coming in. For $5 from Michael Miner, who says, good morning, Boom and Paddling. Good morning to you, my friend. Thank you so much 
for uh, helping uh, keep this uh, channel growing. And of course, if you are new, I do want to insist that you consider uh, how, you know, supporting Double Barrel Gaming and not only hitting the like button, but also subscribing to the channel. And if you want to see more and some more, a, even bigger giveaways than we did in 2020, the best way to do that financially is to become a channel member. And of course, you can also become a Patreon supporter. All of that information is available on not only my YouTube channel, but every show that I produce each and every week. And I, I we're up to three potentially this week. It was lucky we got breaking news. We had four live shows. So if you want to help this channel grow, you want to help support Double Barrel Gaming, you can do that either of those ways. But I do want to move on to the next topic. Now, this one is uh, another, you know, when, 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 look, I'll say this. When we talk rumors on this network, uh, we also we all, we take everything with a grain of salt because rumors are just that they are rumors. And sometimes I have no problem putting my neck to the guillotine because, again, you're going to get things wrong. That happens. It's how you handle getting it wrong that makes you a better podcaster. Well, we have new information uh, from in from industry insider, someone that is extremely trusted, someone that just detailed all of the Xbox first-party launches for the next four years on yesterday's incredible episode of the Xbox Factor podcast. And I am talking about insider Colobriel, who has been on Twitter making some prediction bombs detailing the Xbox Series X first-party releases that we just talked about. Well, here is another big-time rumor that we're going to be talking about, and it includes Master Chief, Halo Infinite, and something called Big Team Battle 2.0. Now, in a story I pulled once again from WCCF Tech, they are reporting that according to Clobriel, instead of the debunked Battle Royale mode, Infinite will be offering a big team battle 2.0 instead, complete with squad spawning, massive vehicle combat, and much more to be revealed potentially this summer at E3. And he says this, and I quote, to my limited knowledge, instead, the team is creating a big team battle 2.0 mode, which is better a better fit for Halo, including a massively enhanced vehicular combat, squad spawning, incoming Pelican drops, and many more surprises. Now, he did write this on Twitter, but once it took off, he deleted the post. So, folks, listen, um, I don't know how close to the mark he was from what we understand about Clobriel. He does have some massive connections at Xbox. And, of course, that tweet, which I got a chance to see, has now been deleted. Now, Here's something else that's very interesting about what Clobriel had to say. While responding to another Twitter user by the name of, uh, it looks like it's Pierre Mazio one of Twitter, he asked this question. He says, why is there such a bad feeling about the possible presence of a battle royale mode? Why do you think there won't be a battle, ro battle royale mode in a Halo Infinite? I would appreciate it. Uh, if you know, if you would answer the question, and Clobriel said his response was very, very straight to the point. Halo was once a series about setting trends, not following them. 
The fact that 343 tries to go back to this principle is a good thing. Forge will be a massively expanded in Halo Infinite, and I'm sure if players want to see a Battle Royale mode, make it into Halo Infinite, players could just simply create it. Now, look, the two very interesting points, but the one that I am most excited about is when I look back at my brother, Neo Mental, and I playing Halo 2, playing Halo 3 online, our favorite mode was big team battle for a lot of reasons one it was a huge amount of, of players versus a huge amount of players and of course there were vehicles on the map a lot of them tanks pelicans you name it warthogs of course but for me personally to think that the way the infrastructure for uh, microsoft is set up with azure for the the size and scope of what we expect halo infinite to be for what we already see currently in motion in games like Fortnite, which has, you know, 100 players on the map with vehicles, even though they're not assault vehicles, they're still vehicles, you can still run people over. I think that what we're going to get in uh, Battle Royale 2.0 is going to be what I've always dreamed of. I have always thought to see a 50 versus 50 monster size map with so much going on with just it's just what you want to talk about a war zone that is what i'm hoping that we will get and i like the idea of pelican drops i like the idea of vehicles incoming i like you running with your squad to one side of the map because something is going to drop that you can get into and change the uh the pace of the game it sounds like it's going to be absolutely incredibly epic i cannot wait to get into it i do want to go to our uh, multiplayer uh, expert if you will and i'm going to go to crispy bomb first on this crispy when you hear clobriel talking about this battle royale 2.0 and the fact that the actual battle uh not that matter not, not not i said battle royale 2.0 big team battle 2.0 is taking the place of the what a lot of fans were requesting for like a battle royale mode to be in halo what, what are your thoughts on this could this be the biggest thing to ever come to halo uh absolutely i mean you know people still play battlefield for a reason yes and, you know halo Halo has, has always been just mostly, until most recently, mostly just a first-person shooter. You know what I mean? That's 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 the way you you played the multiplayer. Um, as as you've they've progressed, they've added the the more and more to to the game modes, and it's it's almost like you, you go and look at gears and, and how it's done. You know, you went from the original Horde to you know what it is now with with you know silverbacks and just all kinds of stuff, and it. It's a natural progression, um, you know, for them to do this. And why not? I mean, you know, the more game modes you get out of Halo at this point, the, the one thing you can count on is that if they screw up the multiplayer, people are going to be screaming at the top of the lungs and, and just Twitter is just going to just be just crazy. Um, they can't they can't screw this up. So why not, you know, really revitalize everybody's ideals and not go and say okay we're just going to copy everybody and do a you know a battle royale mode um maybe down the road you see something or you, maybe that's the free-to-play thing you don't you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes right now right now i think they're just focusing on trying to make the game great and then 
you know, focus on other things after because as we've seen, you can go and and release a, a battle royale mode down the road or you can yes. make free to play. You know what I mean? So why not focus on the game itself, make the game great so people are really happy with the product. They really want to play it. It's engaging, everything else. And then maybe down the road, you can go and, and release something else and, and it'll kind of revamp as, as the years go on. You know, it, it just, it makes sense. And, you know, for them to go to the big team battle, I play big team battle. It's fun. I mean, I'm not a huge Halo player, but that, that kind of, you know, the vehicles, everything else, it really, it, it helps me out because I'm not the greatest first person shooter. So it, it's, it's always good to have, you know, options for people to still get their kills and, and not have to be like this amazing uh, first person shooter player. Yeah. You know what? I, I agree. I, I, I think that the look, it's it's safe to assume that there there are big plans for Halo. Now we have heard that the uh, the multiplayer is going to be free to play. That that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense because obviously games like Fortnite are free to play, uh, in a sense where if you don't want to spend any money, you could logistically play the game for free. But you know, I I think that Microsoft, more specifically, three four three wants halo to become uh more than just relevant again i i, I think that you know it of course because of how it was re represented with halo 5 you know the multiplayer let's let's not get it twisted warzone is incredible and warzone is still being played there's there's no doubt about it there is still an abundance of people playing warzone um, but obviously we, we got, there was a lot of flack for the way Halo single player was. And, and I think that that really did pull away, pull a lot of people away from playing online and Halo Infinite. Obviously it is a semi small reboot of the franchise, which didn't show well, but I think what we're going to get the end project is going to be incredible. And I, and I'm looking forward to seeing this slow-mo let's, let's go to you next on this. Now, obviously when you talk about Xbox, I, I think you have to mention Master Chief. It, it, it's it's really one is for the other and the other is for the other. It, that's just the way it is. I personally think that this 2.0 um, big team battle is in conjunction with what is going on currently while playing a game like, let's say, for instance, Call of Duty Warzone, which is a free-to-play game, and that is massively flocked with players from everywhere pc xbox and of course playstation and it is a very very relevant game not surprising because it's call of duty uh also of course fortnite is always going to be fortnite for crying out loud i have been playing fortnite and wh why am i playing it because they have master chief in it they had kratos in it and i played it and you know I, you know it's 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 great i'm not gonna play it every day but it was still fun for you, what are your what are your thoughts on the now deleted tweet from Clobriel talking about Big Team Battle 2.0? Do you think that this is going to be um, something special when Halo Infinite releases in holiday of 2021? I think. Well, I don't know if it will be something that's that's super special, but I really I certainly hope it is because uh, I, I think I think you mentioned earlier how. Halo has been in the past with, with Bungie and Innovator, an innovator in first-person shooters, and it was uh, an industry leader and not really a follower. Other 
games look to Halo and say, okay, we could we should take some of that because that's good. That that works in this genre. And I, I would like to see 343 do that. I would like to see it get back to that, especially with the way the industry is now with first person shooters. If you're not being innovative, if you're not taking what is already established and doing something different with it, then you're you're just not really even competing. And and Halo needs that kind of uh, uh, mode. They need to have things that are different than what other people have in order to get people uh, more invested in it. Of course, us guys that are big time Halo fans are going to play it regardless. But I'm sure for them, for it to be the top IP for Microsoft and Xbox, for it to be probably the biggest thing up to this point when it comes out that will launch in game pass they want as many people wanting to jump in and play that as possible and that's going to be newer gamers as well so you want to have something that that they can see that's a little bit different than what everyone else is doing and they feel all right you know if i, I like that i but i can only get that there you know I can only right. do that with Halo Infinite. So that's why that's what uh, I'm excited for. I'm really, really hope it works out for. I, I'll say this, you know, but behind the scenes, slow mo, there is mm -hmm. a big, big reason why Master Chief was put into Fortnite. I mean, listen, this this is this oh, is yeah. this was definitely a two-way street because what has happened or what is potentially going to happen is you're going to get people the younger generation of gamers that game on their lap, uh, laptops game on their pcs game on their phones and their tablets more specifically and they're going to see some someone using master chief running around the map and they're gonna say wait a second that is cool who is that and you're going to get parents and be like oh that's that's master chief that's from halo oh dad that's the one you that you've been talking about all these years they don't know who halo is but now they do and i think that that was specifically done to attract not only new players but more importantly the younger generation so i think that there's a couple of things that are look they are laying down some tracks to what potentially could be a massive comeback for master chief more specifically halo multiplayer and i say they're laying down tracks because we are still 10 months away give or take 10 or 11 months away from the release of Halo Infinite. And they're doing it, even though this wasn't originally the plan. I think what they're doing with, you know, Master Chief in Fortnite, thumbs up, free to play multiplayer. Okay, now we're talking because now you're going to get the, you're going to get the Fortnite people. You're going to get the PUBG people. You're going to get all of, you're going to get the Warzone people to be like, wait a second, Master Chief is back. They're doing some big things. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, putting Master Chief in Fortnite, and, and it's the same thing with Sony when Sony put Kratos in Fortnite pretty much at the same time. It's 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 smart marketing on their part because it's it what did it cost them really to do that? <laughs> I mean, they're they're probably gonna get some kind of financial benefit from it, um, due to their IP, their 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 the uh, character they own and it's in another someone else's game, but the free promotion it gives them where Fortnite's the most popular game in the entire world. And so these kids are seeing all these different characters. They're just like, yo, who was that? Who was this? Oh, that you're right. That does look cool. That, that armor's, that armor's pretty sick. 
what is this? And then they could then, oh, this is Halo. Oh, that's coming. Whoa, it's already available to play in Game Pass for, you know, all the old ones that have been remastered. Yep. Oh, there's a new one coming out later this year. It's it's good to kind of get, you know, the newer audience that we have to be honest. We they they like us, but they don't like us that much. We're not the target audience anymore. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Younger kids that have more time on this planet and are more going to play the games longer than we do because they don't have jobs like us. And although they don't have the financial monetary backing to buy everything that we buy, but they're going to be invested in gaming longer than we are. So that's the ones that you want to kind of cultivate. And so I, I think it's, I think it's definitely a smart move. And, and uh, for, for big team battle 2.0, um, I'm definitely going to be playing it, trying it out. Cause you know, I love, love Halo multiplayer. So it's going to, it's going to be a good time. You know, ho- hopefully everything else that is going on with this game, as far as visually also is, uh, is on part two. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and I think it's going to come back in a big way. Let's, let's bring a big cloud into the uh, conversation. Big cloud. Look, this is, this is a move uh, that is uh, one that is going to be talked about up until the release. Uh, and of course, we're going to hear more as we get closer to E3 2021. Uh, regardless of what that E3 looks like, it's certainly not going to be an in-person E3. It's probably going to be very similar to what we saw at the Game Awards this year. And I hope that they do bring that that uh, format forward. Um, but it, for me personally... Uh, I am very, very excited about it because, again, I'm an old school Halo player who uh, I don't want to say grew up because I was much older than than a lot of people when they first got into Halo. But still, found my found, yeah, as you <laughs> used to write about that, found my footing uh, to playing Halo Two online on the OG Xbox. Big Team Battle was always my favorite uh, aspect of that uh, of the of that universe, especially online. And hearing that Clobrio put this tweet out there, and then, of course, he then immediately deleted it. I don't know who, who reached out to him from Microsoft, but he got close, and he got close enough where he deleted the tweet. First of all, is is what he tweeted real? Do you believe it's real? And how big do you think that that that, that Big Team Battle 2.0 could potentially be in a Fortnite era? Well, okay, so first they got, you know, um, Halo, they got Master Chief in Fortnite to begin with as a foreshadow. But also, I don't know if y'all saw what Dr. Disrespect posted recently. Dr. Oh. Disrespect posted about how, you know, the industry in general is not really evolving, right? There's not really that. Like, he's like, where's that next big, you know, game that has like a battle royale type of game? Because basically he announced that he was done with, uh, you know, um, I forgot the name of the game mode for Call of Duty, but it's that Warzone. I think it's Warzone. He said, "Say he's done with Warzone." And um, as soon as he said that, you know, that's where everybody was like, "Hmm, you know, that's a good question. Now, where is that next big battle royale game?" And honestly, this could be their opportunity to announce that if they wanted to do that. Now, again, y'all talked about Halo being bigger than ever, right? Of course, if it's bigger, than, if you want to make it bigger than ever, you have to cater to all sides at this particular point. You need to have something for everybody. That's the only way you can make it the biggest thing ever. So big team battles has to be a thing. Battle Royale modes have to be a thing, regardless if you like them or not. The newer generation of gamers are really invested into these Battle Royale style, you know, modes. And Halo could benefit from that a lot in terms of just bringing more of a competitive edge to the actual game and pushing it forward. So, yeah, I do believe that it's 
in some way or, or, short, or shape or form, you will see this in the future. Yeah, and and I got to be honest with you, the the bread and butter for uh, for Xbox and its and its community, f- without even trying to stretch the truth once again, is has been their their dominance in the multiplayer uh, arena. And uh, you know, Halo has been away in, in, from the spotlight for a while, and I think that with Halo Infinite being a reboot, so to speak, or you know, a semi reboot of the franchise. It's going to be great to see. And again, we don't know. We, we're all keeping our fingers crossed. And I, and I think that this goes across the industry. Even if you're, let's say, not a diehard Xbox fan, who honestly wants Halo Infinite to come out and fail? Like, honestly, who would want that? I mean, that's insane. Uh, so what we're hoping, and I think what we are going to get, folks, is a revamped um, Halo uh, w- with an online, uh, you know, mode in Big Team Battle 2.0 that does set the world on fire, and and I I personally believe that mm-hmm. uh, with multiplayer being as big as it is, three billion gamers in the, the world. Your approach with this, absolutely. Now I, I think that it could be, it, it can be relevant. I, I think that in the same world of. PUBGs and Fortnites and, of course, Warzone, very, very popular online spaces for multiplayer. And, of course, Gears. You can't forget Gears because Gears is still being played religiously by many people, one of us on our panel. I think that Halo can exist in that universe, and I think everyone could win. Joe, first of all, welcome back to the program, bro. Hopefully everything's good at home. Everything's good at home. I just need a quick vote, yay or nay, or, or just or like just with the response, Back to the Future or Top Gun, what movie is cooler, Back to the Future or Top Gun? Oh, that's Back uh, to the Future, sir. Back to the Future for me, yes. <laughs> yes. Right, right. It's, that's, it's science. That, it's go on, I remember when I was young when I first saw the DeLorean. Go let's give her a week. When we all first saw the DeLorean when we were right. younger... That just right. that that type of experience just sticks with you forever. Like it, that shit. Right. I got one even better. Who, who doesn't want self lacing shoes? I mean, oh, oh dude, hoverboard. I think they were called what right. they call power laces. That what they call power laces. Yeah, who doesn't want that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, people who have watched right. Top Gun recently, yeah. um, not aged well, not at all. No, but Back uh, to the Future has aged well. No, I've seen yeah, that. Back to the Future is awesome. Yeah. Top Gun though, mm, it's, I, I, there's a mm, there's some some of that dialogue yeah. makes you kind of go like hmm. pause like every five minutes like pause just yell pause pause. What's <laughs> 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 going on here? Well, all right. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I, I um, heard that the still watch Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what also aged pretty well, and I'm shocked because I was watching it recently. Uh, the mm-hmm. Running Man. That actually aged really well too. Oh, wow, yeah. that, that's what that, that that's crispy here because I haven't heard it. Crispy's input. Crispy isn't here. Okay, fine. Crispy when he comes back, when he yeah, comes he, back. He, yeah, deaf, 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 is uh, a synonymous with Xbox, and in, in all of the success that Xbox has had over the course of its uh, oh, near 20-year uh, you know, history, Halo has been at the center of that success. There, there's just no denying that. Uh, with Clobriel's recent tweet 
about Battle Roy. I'm bad, I keep saying that. Big Team Battle 2.0. For you, with him deleting it, does that does that say that this thing is is a, is, is a real thing? And, and where does your excitement level go when you talk about moving from 12v12 or 20 versus 20 to potentially? Again, this is 2.0, so I'm expecting big things. Maybe 50 versus 50, maybe 100 versus 100? Well, I think it's going that way, that direction. Okay, um, and here, here's the funny part, right? We're talking about MMO FPS, you know, games like Planet Side from way back in the day, you know. And when we played Halo, we played zombie mode before it was actually a mode. We had to play it by the honor system, you know. So these modes are stuff that we're already doing as it is. And he had mentioned uh, the uh, Forge. So doing that in Forge opens up any possibility, you know. So now, even if you don't do it in Forge, what if they do it themselves? Like they've learned and they've watched and they, you know, yeah, they're not going to follow somebody else's footsteps, but they're going to watch and see what the trend is. They're, and they're going to make their own trend. And this is what Big Team Battle is. It's their own trend. They've been doing this already. They're just making it bigger, and they're probably going to give you more options to alter things like we can now with the zombie mode. You know, so there's, I believe there's going to be a lot more to it. Um, what was it last year? We've talked about something like this, and I was saying team versus team versus the PC um, um, just characters, you know, so we could have red versus blue versus. The horde or the horde, and with Discord being a thing, crossplay. Oh, dude. That's yeah, it. you know. So I mean, so you you got. I'm I'm drawing a blank on the on the enemies. Oh, the elites. Yeah, the elites covenant. and all that. Yeah, the covenant. Thank you. So you got you got the covenant in there, like they're already doing now with fire team, but now it's red versus blue. Now it could be you know, so it could be let's say a hundred people. Well, now it's not just red versus blue, whereas 50 versus 50. Now it's green and orange. Yeah. That's 25 versus 25 times four. You know what I mean? So 25 times four. There you go. There's your four teams. There's your covenant. There's a lot more stuff that, that can happen now. There, you know. And then I, I mentioned uh, Planet Side earlier. So now you can actually have objectives. You know, what are we doing in Call of Duty? Um, even in um, Battlefield, right? We're going in teams teams get points as long as you stay together yeah so, you know there's there's a lot of stuff there's there's inspiration within these games that they're doing it doesn't have to be battle royale it could be anything you want as long as they give us the opportunity to create it in forge if they don't put it themselves in the game mm -hmm. you know in the 2.0 they can give it to us and that's probably where the 2.0 could be is the alternate portion of it because he did mention Forge, um, and we have used it for other games, as I mentioned earlier. So we can do all this stuff, you know. And I know sometimes I, I go overboard when it comes to the idealistic, hey, you know, we can have more people and, and, and just, you know, like we've said before with Vikings raiding a town. What if we're playing ODST and we're going through the city? You know what I mean? So now we're being Honestly, what, what this gives me vibes of is, and maybe this is just what I want to see because it's it's merging like my two favorite shooters together. It's like, what if like Big Team Battle like 2.0 is like a Battlefield-esque 
like you yeah. know taking inspiration right. from right that's that's what you're selling me on right that's that's yeah that's exactly it yeah. but just just trying to not not say okay it's going to be battlefield or it's going to be this it's it's just the way halo does it though it's mm -hmm. halo's way of doing it they they take the inspiration and they move on and make it a halo way you know so like i said i don't think it's going to be a big team uh, a big team i don't think it's going to be a battle royale like that i don't i think because of the negativity that battle royale does get in in, in certain circles but at the same time i think it, you know battle royale has its own place you know it also could be its own thing. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, Fortnite's proved that. I think Apex Legends proves that. I think you could give people the, I mean, even Call of Duty, right? Like, Warzone and the, like, Call of Duty have kind of merged into one. You download a Call of Duty now, now you get campaign, multiplayer, Warzone. In yeah, you know, three. And, and Warzone is free. So, exactly. this could be that portion that is free that was rumored previously. And so, like, what it like, and I think that would be an awesome scenario for for Halo. You got the campaign for those who want it. You got the multiplayer for those who want it, like the core. Then you do have this, you know, ultimate free variant that brings the new people in. And yeah, maybe they're playing Halo Battle Royale, you know, mainly. But what if you know people play that arena style, you know, Halo that we all know and love, and they're like, oh, I actually really dig this. And and they kind of love this ecosystem of Halo. I feel like that's what Microsoft really wants is they want little ecosystems within their broader ecosystem because you're going to stay in Game Pass that way. Yes. And yeah, you're serving all those gamers. You're serving the single player, multiplayer, and, and the people that just want to experience, you know, battle right now. You know, Joe, being that you are, you know, you're, you're here now, you, you got here yeah. in the nick of time because you are one of the biggest resident uh, Halo fans for sure. There's no yeah. there's no denying how much how much you play with Luke Lore. Good friend of the show, as a matter of fact. Awful movie opinions, but yeah. He's, <laughs> for you, seeing Cloverial, who is no doubt one of the biggest, you know, industry insiders for Xbox put out a tweet about battle, you know, big team battle 2.0 and then quickly pulling it down. That that tells me that he got close to something that maybe he shouldn't have said or, you know, may, maybe this is, you know, you don't know if this is some sort of internal thing to kind of mm -hmm. stoke fire a little bit. But for you hearing that the battle royale mode is not coming that if uh, and he said that if if they want to use forge and someone wants to design it it'll be there for people to do which was probably going to happen but with 343 taking big team battle and this big pelican drop uh aspect with huge amounts of vehicles this 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 sounds exactly what you were talking about with battlefield if you've ever played battlefield there is a significant amount of tanks and jeeps yep. and helicopters and everything that you want to play with if this comes to halo and this is what big team battle 2.0 is and we get something like a 50 v 50 with all of this on the map it is going to really potentially bring halo into 2021 in a big way and i think that it could become a relevant multiplayer fps once again what are your thoughts on this dude um so I kind of think Clovio probably took it down 
not so much like I mean, maybe someone in PR like tapped him on the shoulder, like, hey, you gotta put this down. Probably it kind of leans towards um he probably got conflicting information after the fact. So I don't know if it's if it's you know like it, it could be anything, you know. So I, I I would love I would love like you know heart of hearts that battlefield like element in Halo for a big team battle, but at the same exact time, you know when we see those larger maps, what usually they do to help dev time out is you know when they're making the smaller maps, they literally just cut pieces of the big map out and boom, put it there. So I I I wouldn't I I wouldn't as much as I think that would be cool. I would like to see them take what they need from Big Team Battle, maybe make a few Big Team maps that are just exclusive. And yeah, like what Dread saying before really did sell me, which is like Planet Side was probably the closest you would get to like a Halo, like large scale battlefield experience, but condensing it down a bit to make it uh, feel more, more Halo. Yeah. yeah, more manageable. Right. It would be an even better word. Um, and like you don't need the destructibility aspects of it, but I'm like I'm also thinking of like how loadouts would work, how abilities would work, because that's always something Halo uh, switches on and off from. Um, because the one thing I would hate is like if I'm trying to get a battle rifle and someone just jacks it from me right from the spawn place because they know where it spawns. Like there has to be reasons as to like there has to be reasonable choke points and reasons why you would go there. And risks you would take there, so that that's the thing I'm really thinking. But I think big team battle as a whole is something that I don't think is going to like redefine Halo. I think it's one of the ever changing things that are happening with Infinite. Like I think I think Infinite's going to be a return to form in some aspects, but a drastic need to modernize the series and others. So I really do think that big team battle is just a layer. On what the layered cake that they're they're building on too, yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm dude, I'm so pumped. Give me more than screenshots. Give me more visors and reflections. You yeah. Know? Yes. Well, I think we're gonna get it. I think that as we get closer to E3 2021, I think we're going to get some big information bombs yeah. from uh, from uh, 343 and Microsoft. Uh, I do want to move on to one of the uh, next big topics of the show, but before I do, I want to thank Sean Carpenter in the suit in the chat who drops an outstanding five dollars super chat and says this: I wonder if all of the studios sharing assets, if they'll be utilizing some of the incoming assets from studios like ID or even Bethesda assets. I mean, you know what? The one thing that we have heard often from what's going on currently at Microsoft is that they are sharing tech. One of the prime examples, and I've talked about this numerous times, is if you take a look at the newly released uh, DLC called Hive Busters, which again, I'm going to keep talking about because I want to drive people to play it. It's incredible. The foliage that is on display is being used in uh, Playground Games Fable. Uh, so yes, so you got an early look at what some of the foliage in Fable is going to look like uh, if you play um, uh, Hive Busters, and with the new um, 2.0 VRS added to it, it's even more gorgeous. Uh, so if you, again, check see if you got the update because Hive Busters looked amazing before. It looks even more insane now. Uh, we have Dan the Man Cunningham drops an outstanding 
$5 super chat. Dan, thanks for being here, brother. Super appreciate it. And once again, thank you for uh, suggesting that Pong Soul become uh, you know, pop on a future episode of Primetime Gaming. And he not this Monday, but the following Monday, he'll be making his debut. Thanks again for that. He says this after dropping a $5 super chat. Good morning, Borman crew. Can't help but wonder if Halo multiplayer options will have some sort of some some Fortnite items. That's interesting. Um, I do know that there's going to be different suits of armor that you can, of course, get by playing. But I think there's going to be, uh, like Fortnite, um, and hopefully they're not as expensive as Fortnite, because Fortnite, my God, they clobber you with these V-Bucks on new outfits. Hopefully, you'll be able to pick them up. If you see a particular uh, uh, you know, armor set that you like, you'll be able to purchase that. But let's get into, of course... Once again, topic number three. And before I do that, let me just make sure that my notes are correct. Okay, so I want because I do I do uh, like putting in the uh, timestamp. So if you want to listen to a specific uh, topic, you're not you know having to search the whole show. So here we go for topic number three. We're going to be talking about uh, Arcane Studios. Uh, and the reason why I want to get to Arcane Studios is because we have it on good authority that they are currently. Uh, working on a brand new IP. Now, if you if Indiana Jones by Machine Games, and of course, this is my the next one is my personal belief and rumor that uh, Xbox would be getting a new Star Wars RPG again from Obsidian. That's just that's not fact. That is just my opinion because of the now veil lifted from the. Um, you know the Dark Empire known as EA. They no longer have control over Star Wars. And now you add to the mantra that um, the 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 talk of Xbox has no games is basically over. Now Arcane apparently is working on an Unreal Five engine powered fantasy game, and uh, we, as we know, and if you maybe you don't know who Arcane Studios, maybe you haven't played any of the games. The one thing we can say for them is they have a knack for tackling different settings. And genres that include steampunk, of course, with Dishonored, pure alien-esque sci-fi with Prey, to, of course, the very stylized game coming out uh, called Deathloop. So to say that they have uh, the talent to tackle uh, fantasy would be, I think, an understatement. Now, uh, this story we pulled from WCCF Tech, they had listed that someone that worked that's currently working for Arcane Studios by the name of Lisa, and I think I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's, I believe it's Chari. Uh, it's C-H-A-R-R-I-E-R-E. -E. She is a senior VFX artist at Arcane Studios, and she had a new game listed on her resume via LinkedIn. Now, she has been working with the studio since 2018, and this is the only thing she has on that resume, which suggests that this game has been in development to some extent since she arrived at the studio in 2018. Also interesting is the fact that Arcane will be switching uh, to Unreal Engine for its next project, which is pretty interesting. Uh, now, they have used the Cry Engine in the past, and uh, of course, with games like Dishonor and Prey uh, using it, they now are now moving to 
um, which I believe is one of the most favorite engines for developers in an, an Unreal. Uh, now, here is uh, something that's also very interesting. W once a, a generation ago, or once upon a generation ago, the Xbox was known as the Dude Shooter Box for its incredible Halo and Gears uh, franchise, of course, with Call of Duty being in there and other huge FPS titles. Now it appears, though, with games like Fable from Playground, Avowed from Obsidian, uh, of course, NXile currently working on a triple A, uh, you know, next gen uh, fantasy title, uh, and everything coming out from Bethesda that includes The Elder Scrolls, Starfield, and Fallout, and Rare's Everwild. It appears that uh, the Western RPG, whether that be in third person or first person, is going to be the home of Xbox for the foreseeable future. I do want to get to the uh, to the chat and panel and listen. Uh, and I'll start with our guest, Slomo. If you're there, brother, I want to grab your opinion on this. You know, when with Arcane already delivering incredible games like Dishonored One and Two and Prey, and of course, we don't know what Deathloop is going to be, but it looks pretty damn cool. What are your expectations on another fantasy title potentially using Unreal Engine Five coming as? But again, potentially an Xbox exclusive in the future. Well, I, I, I've always said before that I always appreciate how Arcane tends to do things a little bit more unique than other developers. They, they tend to give you something that you haven't quite seen before. Now, in the past, I haven't always felt it worked out for me personally. I know it's worked out well with games like Dishonored. I thought Prey, I didn't really like Prey that much, but I, I do always appreciate that they're not, they're, they're willing to do, to take chances and to not just do what everyone else is doing. And I see that with Deathloop is part of the reason why Deathloop is one of my most anticipated games of this year is that I like the, the format of the game, how Very stylized for sure. Yeah. I mean, like how you're, you're taking on eight different targets and how you, you, the decisions that you make um, will cause the targets to also make counter decisions based off of that. So it's, it's like this, you have 24 hours to take them out and, Let's say if you kill one target in the morning, it may increase the security for the other targets as a response in the evening. And then you got to deal with the other uh, hunter that's hunting you. And it's just the entire game seems to be like my experience is going to be completely unique than Dreadpool's or, bit, or Bad Bits or yours. And it's just that kind of idea it seems like something that other developers would think about doing, but say, ah, you know what? We, we probably couldn't do it. Let me start making excuses of why they wouldn't end up doing it. And then they just end up making your, your typical first person shooter. But Arcane's like, no, let's, 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 let's try this. Let's give this a shot. And I, I'll always appreciate that about them, regardless of whether I end up enjoying it or not. I think definitely, I'm probably definitely going to enjoy, but in regards to this new game, it does seem like this game might be coming out pretty soon, considering how long it's been in development. When you're using Unreal Engine, that kind of shortens the, your development time because there's not so many uh, assets and, and, and tools that you have to create yourself in order to uh, get get things going. 
Um, I think you said before they they were using CrowdSec before. I thought I thought it was you know, modified versions of the id tech engine. Um, huh. But I, I think it's because id tech is you know from id software, and I, I know they have done. I think I think the engine was called Void Engine, which was a modified version of of id tech id tech six or seven um, that they used in Prey and Dishonored. So I don't know. Uh, it, it, I may have to have to relook that up again. But them switching to Unreal allows them to bring in more people because you know this game is coming out from for the Austin studio. They got a yeah. French studio and yeah. an Austin studio. That's right. And you want to bring people in quickly to shore up the studio to make a na- another game. This will be a triple A game. Most people in the industry are very very well uh, well know Unreal Engine. And they may not know it tech like that. So yeah, switch to Unreal so you can get more people who can just you know hit the ball, hit the ground running, and get up to speed much quicker. And then you can get this game out the door. So uh, I really expect to see something come, come, something coming from it soon, and uh, I'm, I'm really highly anticipating that too. Yeah, me too, Joe. Let's bring you into the conversation for a second, Joe. You know, when when you look at for first of all. When we talk, when we go back and we talk about this Bethesda Zenimax deal, right? It was big because it's the biggest thing ever happened in gaming. I mean, I, I've been a part of the industry in one form or another, mostly as a gamer, but now as a content creator, and I can I can assure you that there's nothing ever been this big. The only thing that that jumps off the page was the video game Crash in the '80s. That's the only thing that jumps off the page, and obviously this is completely on the other side of the spectrum. But when you look at this purchase, it's easy, it's very easy to say, wow, you know, Microsoft is going to now have Doom and Elder Scrolls and Fallout 76, but man, it's the Arcane Studios, it's the Japanese studio that they mm-hmm. now have. It's all of these other mm-hmm. smaller studios that could be potentially bringing in some big-time content and another fantasy RPG. Now, again... We don't know if this is first person. This could be a third person game. We don't know, but we know it's fantasy RPG, and we know Arcane, who does tackle some of some very unique um, genres, can really bring it to the table. How excited are you for this new RPG that could that could again? I believe it's going to be using the Unreal Engine Five. Mm. Um, interesting. It's interesting because Arcane. Things known about breaking level design and breaking physics, they're really heavy on physics based gameplay. Um, so like you know, uh, watching the no clip documentary, which everyone should do on the studio because they're, they're so fascinating. Um, it's very good, it, I've seen it, yeah, yeah, it's so good. No clip is just top tier. Um, one of the things that I would like them to do more than like an RPG is we talk about them partnering with Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm is saying, we got more surprises. Like, we're just opening it up this box. We just cracked the lid a little bit. Wait till the, the rest of the year. I would love to see with Arcane's pedigree, then go back and tackle a Star Wars. Yes. Because, because they know how to play with physics, makes me really curious how they would play with the Force. Yeah, so one game that I, one game that I would love to see, and I'm, uh, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's make a Dark Forces game. 
Let's oh make a Dark God. Forces yeah. game. Let's make it so that like you're some type of like rogue Jedi running still from you know Order sixty six. You know you got you you got materials after you. Let's see how that would work, right? Because again, like Star Wars got fascinating guns. Their gunplay is usually fantastic. And then you having that dishonored element of like one hand is your force ability, one hand's your blaster, or just like one hand's the lightsaber. Like that, that has me really intrigued. But on the other end, uh, seeing that they're doing an RPG, I think, boom, you're totally right. They've, at this point, I love that Microsoft has f- like filled out that portfolio of just like, yeah, we got to move away from we're just multiplayer shooty, shooty, bang, bang games. And now there is no argument that they have a wide, broad portfolio of all different types of games, online, offline, RPG, first-person shooter. So I, I really dig the the idea, while I love Arcane, them going out there and doing something a bit different and totally out, outside of the wheelhouse. But I do want to see them tackle a big IP because I think, and a known one, because I feel like they they 100% deserve it because they're working on a game with, I believe, Spielberg, and that fell through. They worked on what was going to be, uh, I think, what, Half-Life 3, and that fell through. And Or, or no, it was supposed to be like the DLC or whatever, um, expansion to 2, and that fell through. I would love to see them have this big IP and them actually just have the ability to, to commit to it. I think that would be really awesome. And again, I, I love Arcane. I think they do great work. The only game that I wasn't I wasn't thrilled about was Prey. And other than that, I, I think they're a fantastic studio. And I can't and, and honestly, I'm very happy for the acquisition because because the Sonic 2 didn't do well and because Prey 2 didn't do well, I kind of feel like that studio was kind of uh you know on 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 a rocky surface. So I'm I'm really glad that, you know they now have the ability to get weird again. Yeah. You know what? Having Microsoft as someone that is going to fund their projects and allow them creative freedom is also Mm -hmm. a major aspect for the conversation. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, somebody just dropped something in the chat. I want to just Roshan drops, uh, uh, um, says in the chat, Oh my God, I cannot wait for the next evil within. I I, listen, if you missed out Mm -hmm. on evil within two, I need to get into them. My God. I'm going to be honest with you. I could not really get into it. As a big Resident Evil fan, you would think that uh, Evil Within 1 was right up my alley. It didn't resonate with me. So I I played it. I was like, eh, you know, it's okay, but not for me. But but Evil Within 2 and that studio, I believe it's Tango Gameworks that did that. My God. Uh, You know what? We we another another studio to keep your eye on. Not the biggest of the bunch, but certainly one to keep your eye on. Uh, Crispy Bomb, let's get your opinion on Arcane. Uh, this new project uh, using the Unreal Engine Five uh, with the new studio because they do have a studio and like uh, Slomo was saying in uh, in Austin, Texas, and this is ramping up to uh, to, to get some big. To, 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 I think this is going to be a big title for for. For Arcane, of course, we we can't comment on whether or not it's going to be exclusive, but we can assume that it is because after February, the everyone that was a part of uh, of Bethesda and uh, and and, and uh, uh, Zenimax is going to be a part now of Microsoft Game Studios. I mean that that's a fact. 
for you hearing that they're going to be tackling a fantasy RPG. I mean, that just adds another big Western RPG to the portfolio that's going on in Microsoft. And it looks like they're going to be the king of that genre. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild that, you know, we did go from shooter box to now it's the RPG box. Uh, yeah. I mean, literally, there's like so many games that we haven't seen anything. But there's so many that that have already kind of have enough inklings to say it's going to happen. And when you add Bethesda Zenimax, it's like, wow. And then you're always thinking of like the bigger studios that they have. But you forget about an arcane. You forget about a machine games. And all of a sudden you're getting announcements and and little rumors of what they're doing now. And uh, I think like as soon as this actually gets confirmed, we're going to see more and more. I mean. To have that Indiana Jones shadow drop real quick, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a fun year for us Xbox fans because it's it's really uh, something we've probably been waiting for. Even if it's not for a couple of years, starting to see more and more games. You got games that are coming out this year. And I mean, Arcane, Id, Machine, they've all had great games throughout their lifespan. Why can't it happen again? You got the backing of Microsoft on top of that. Um, you know, they can take their time. Um, you know, I, I feel that Microsoft is getting more and more, uh, you know, susceptible to saying, hey, you know what? Take all the time you need on the game. We have Game Pass. You can figure it out. And, and I think Game Pass is going to show show how great it is as as we finally get games that are really worthy of a triple a of a of a good meta score, things like that. I think I think we're going to see that come into fruition finally. And, and I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. And I think that again, we're going to have a much, much different conversation when talking about the um, first party output that's going to be coming from Xbox Game Studios. And it is going to be, like you said, a very, very exciting year. But I think the next couple of years are going to be uh, very exciting for an Xbox community that has been waiting for big time AAA bombs to drop. And what's even more insane is that they all are going to be in Xbox Game Pass. And that is uh, definitely another big part of the conversation. Uh, Dreadpool, let's get your opinion on this arcane fantasy RPG. With, with, with what they have uh, in the past history, or, or their, uh, I, I like their, their development chops, if you will. Um, I'm excited. I have no idea what it's going to be. We don't know if it's third person. We don't know if it's first person. We don't know if it's a combination of the both. But we know that it's going to be using Unreal Engine. It's safe to assume that it's going to be five because that is the newest tech. They're not going to go backwards and use uh, an Unreal Engine 4 for a new AAA title uh, with, with uh, Unreal being basically converted to five for everywhere. Uh, and uh, with with their with their prior uh, games and Deathloop coming out this year for the PlayStation Five, uh, it, it there is a lot to get excited about. For you, what are your expectations with this fantasy RPG? Well, I have no expectations. I just know that we are going from JRPGs to what I'm calling WRPGs, mm-hmm. Western. Uh, Unreal Engine 5 also does not, by the way, uh, become fully released until late 2021. Yes, that's correct. So they uh, they do they they do have the upscale from Unreal Engine 4. So that's what they're probably working on right now. And the transition is seamless from what they're from what was originally said. 
So yeah, it's probably gonna by the time it gets released, it will be Unreal Engine five. So let's not um because I know everybody's jumping the gun on Unreal Engine 5. We're we're still not there yet. And it's supposed to be early 2021 that they start uh releasing some tools for it. Yeah, yeah, they haven't released any tools for it yet. They did they did yeah. kind of see people to allow them to so like so that the transition from four to five is a lot more seamless than it was from three to four because there are plenty of developers that had some difficulty transitioning from three to four they had uh like a, a stop gap or or a bridge to five with 4.25 and yeah. a lot of games are now on 4.25 which like launched like sometime in the fall last year and so uh i think the very first game that will be on unreal engine 5 is fortnite um, well, of course, because that's that's how so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, they, they <laughs> like course. to showcase their their uh, Unreal because Unreal Engine was designed to be licensed out to third party studios, and they like they, they did it with Gears, where Gears was a, a graphical showcase. Like, look 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 at what you can do with this engine. We're showing you. You know, this this is what it can. And, and now that they don't have gears anymore, Fortnite is that they first show people how with Unreal Engine 4, you can do 60 frames per second on console with an open world game. See, look, we're doing it in Fortnite. And so, you know, it's they, they, they've been constantly showing technically what Unreal Engine is capable of. And Unreal Engine 5 is going to be no different. Like, it's going to have all the, the features that we saw. Now, I don't know if it's going to, because due to kind of the art style of Fortnite, whether it's going to be as like we see with the, the, the Nanite and the whatever that demo was called. But um, Oh, the Nanite Ninja. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's going to look like that. But it's no. going to it's going it's definitely going to be impressive when it comes out and show people you know what what they can really do with unreal engine and a lot of xbox game studios developers use unreal engine so it's it's going to be once these games start rolling out a lot of graphical features that we're going to be really impressed with yeah see and that's the funny thing is arcane studios is very uh versatile when it comes to their um engines i mean they they started with dishonored with uh we'll just start with that right they, they've mm -hmm. done other games but unreal engine 3 right then they had void like you said earlier which is a uh based on id tech 5 and yeah. had some id tech 6 features in there um also death loop is uh, based on void so mm -hmm. uh being you know uh what was it prey they use cry engine so yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. they, they got versatility when it comes to working with these engines and going from from all that and using four with the knowledge that five will be right around the corner by the time they're even ready to release it, that they could just do those tweaks out there and get everything ready to rock and roll. It's going to be interesting. And, and being that it's a fantasy, what kind of fantasy are we talking about? Uh, you know what I mean? Are we thinking like fable fantasy? Are we think you know, something like um, medieval, something like that, you know, or is it going to be Lord of the Rings fantasy a little bit darker? You know, uh, I think would be more on the darker side. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, I don't. And then other than that, I really don't know. It, it, it just fantasy could be anything, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, magic stuff. And this is yet again, pulling from what they've done before. You know, I, I do have a feeling it's going to be a first person. I have a feeling that they are going to pull something like they did with uh, dishonored. We're using some sort of like magical artifacting 
within the 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 visuals you know just something and yet again like we we talked about with unreal engine 5 th throwing that little extra oomph in there to make it pop a little bit better you know what i mean the as the magic's cast uh you you got the remnants of, of haze and the and the soot and, and whatever else is popping up you know just it could be anything and i could be completely wrong on top of this but i'm thinking a little bit more on the magic side but other than that i really had i'm i i can't i can't really fathom what they've got which is really cool because for me if we can't imagine it it's going to be really cool to see what they show us what they've created and that'll be more surprising than being able to anticipate what they are going to make you know what i mean like oh yeah we know they're going to make fable when it came to um uh, who, uh playground, playground, game. playground games yes. right so we knew that they're going to make fable we know what fable is like you know what i mean so what we mm -hmm. saw was pretty cool because we weren't expecting it but now that we've seen and we know what fable is about and we've seen the the whimsical stuff that they're going to do and the fact that you know it, it's got that humor in there you know, a little bit more realism, still the the playfulness of the characters and the lines and the and the the way the the world is, and yet playful but evil. You know what I mean? And yet, you know, and we're going from that because we know what that's about. This is something we don't know, and we're basing it off the games that they've made before, or at least I am. And that's why I see it darker and more mystical, as in uh, like evil magic, you know, stuff like that. When it went, that's why, you know, I, I kind of went towards the Lord of the Rings, just something darker, something more uh, graphic. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, and it makes sense. If you look at their pedigree, dark is something that they enjoy doing. It's certainly uh, something that they have worked with in the past. Dishonored is about assassinating people. All right. So that's dark. Uh, and of course, prey is a sci-fi horror film basically put, made into a game. So, yeah, I agree with you, dude. I think that's a, a absolutely fantastic um, uh, factoid, if you will, that, yeah, it, what we what we could get from them could be dark. Uh, I, I don't see them doing a light-hearted fantasy RPG, but I do like I do like and, where you're going. And, and it's nothing like Avowed. I mean, you, you, you picture what Avowed is. Avowed, to me, seems like it's halfway in between the between fable and what this new fantasy game would be, you know? So I think this will be really dark, really adult, really graphic. Uh, like I said, magic, it just, just, uh, it's, it's, I could see it, but I, I can't really explain it. Yeah, no, you know? it's okay. I mean, well, well I, I put it to this way. I, I would imagine that it's going to be a bit before we get anything on it. But the fact that we know that they are working on, again, allegedly working on a, a fantasy RPG using Unreal Engine has me unbelievably excited. But I do want to get BitCloud's opinion on this. BitCloud, look, when you talk about Arcane Studios, they may not jump off the page for a lot of people because people might have skipped their games. I believe that they are certainly a dark horse for xbox in this mm -hmm. acquisition and i think that they this this fantasy rpg could again based on what we've seen them do before be stylized be special be different especially when you look at something like death loop is something that we might have seen uh aspects in other games but this one really seems like it's going to be its own thing yeah, what are your thoughts on this dude 
I mean, can we uh, have a round of applause for Microsoft? Like, seriously, they just just for them announcing and having more games at this point in time. Seriously, it's, it's yeah, good. No, I agree. I'm glad, glad I'm seeing this. It's been like, a long seriously. time coming. Yeah, yes, like, I agree. Like, I, not, I, like, I got so tired. You know, when you just keep hearing something over and over and over, like the Xbox has a game. Like, I, I'm glad that's literally fading away and something yeah. good's coming out of this. That's the good yeah. thing. Uh, going into everything else, um, honestly, like I said in my video, when uh, the whole Indiana Jones thing was supposedly announced, like they were going to do like exclusivity for Xbox and just PC, they need whatever they can at this point, and I'm yes. all for whatever they get. You know, a lot of people came at me weird <laughs> off that video. They was like, oh, "How can you say that? It should be on everything." I'm like, "Listen, Sony had their own exclusive. Like, they're getting their own exclusivity. I think it's time, but it's for Final um, Fantasy, the new one. Yeah, I remember that. Like, that's yeah. supposedly going to be for PlayStation. At least show the same energy towards Xbox. It's again, it's the type of stuff they need to do. It's the type of aggressive marketing. It's the type of aggressive just approach to get people to look at Xbox, not necessarily as a brand, not necessarily as just like, oh, you know, this is just our side. No, you have to look as at a competitor. as a competitor. Exactly. They're all competing for the one thing, market share. And Sony and Microsoft, again, for the most part, Sony's dominated the most yeah, part. You know? They absolutely and have. They, they dominate. And there's no there's no like debating that. So how do you change that mindset? How do you flip that? You give them stuff that you know damn well that they will want to buy. And it's just that yeah. simple. And I'm I'm all for it. So that's where I'm at. With the yeah, and, and I agree. And I, I think that, you know, with with, with uh, you know, good games breeds competition. And uh, there's no doubt that the reason why Xbox has become so aggressive in soaking up these studios is because of the success Sony has done over the course of the last seven years with their first party studio output. And, and, and there, listen, you, you can say whatever you want. Maybe the third person over the shoulder type of game isn't for you. It's for me. I could tell mm -hmm. you that for an absolute fact. And it it's is good for to have me. options. And that's Absolutely. what Sony has done fantastic with. If you look at their library of game, there's no like mistaken, even if you cringe at some stuff, like for example, yeah, I remember the wonder book. You can't even, you can't even fathom that like right. at the end of the day, because they have something for everybody. They, yes. they keep it to everybody. And that and goes also, to Xbox. They need that library. Yeah. So that's what they need it. And as someone who doesn't think this is going to be exclusive, like for when it comes to Indiana, I mm -hmm. personally don't because I think this deal was way longer than uh, than the deal with with Xbox. Um, I personally like like I you know, I said on my show is just like if it is, then it's I play cool. it on my Xbox. <laughs> exactly, like, that's, that's it. Like you know, I I I personally love seeing if if it is, it ends up being exclusive. I love see microsoft make these big moves mm -hmm. and yeah having ip that'll actually make you turn around and go, oh i want this xbox thing right because it shows the, their, their attention is still on xbox they, they yeah, still got because for the most of the last generation for me that wasn't the case yes so to have that feeling finally back for me that gets me excited for the brand you know 100%. Yeah. And they you know, know they did because we're still waiting for the other two massive hitters. Let's keep it a buck. Uh, one, the, the two biggest games that everybody keeps talking about are Avowed and Hellblade 2. Yes. Those are the two biggest games right now. I mean, obviously, Hell, um, you know, um, Halo obviously is the other, but I'm talking about in the future, like future uh, down the road type of thing. It's mostly Avowed and Hellblade 2. And all those games are different from each other. Yeah. And that's exactly. the, again, that's, that's the beauty of it. That's, 
I, I love what Microsoft has done. They have literally spent billions of dollars to get that nostalgia get that their competitors have to now really safe to say, like, yeah, they're they're each each staple, the big three, has something for everyone at this point. And that's awesome. And it's gonna be interesting to see how uh Elder Scrolls, uh Joe goes to mm -hmm. like i don't know if they're gonna do it but odds are they might do it where it's gonna be like pc and xbox only if that's the case again i know a lot of people might be going oh that's ridiculous again it's all about competing it's all about making this platform yeah. stand out that's all it is that's, that's obviously you're going to see that canary in the coal mine in i yes. believe february when they sign those papers if and this is what you gotta look out for if there are layoffs at zinamax in terms of their publishing end then yes, those games are going to Xbox. All of them are going to exclusive town. If that publishing arm is relatively unaffected, mm -hmm. then Cinemax is the third-party publishing arm for Microsoft. Like, that's what we got to look out for. That's why I'm so, like, hesitant to say, you know, much other than for, like, yeah. no matter what, Microsoft's going to be printing money for Game Pass. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, funny, too. Like, I know the Indiana Jones uh, discussion. That's kind of, you think about it, it, it fits them perfectly because, you know, it's like the Uncharted uh, approach type of game for them, like an adventurous mm -hmm. character, you know. And they have a template, if you think about it, with Uncharted 4 because, remember, the whip is a big thing yeah. with Indiana Jones. So that could be... Dude, and you using it for traversal? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can see it. I, I can see something like that, or for puzzles with like yeah. bigger emphasis, like Tomb Raider base. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, it's 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 going to be very interesting to see where this goes and see exactly how big and how many um, uh, Lucas Arts, uh, you know, IPs are going to be put oh, onto oh. multiple consoles. It's going to be too the the biggest light of the tunnel. The fact that Star Wars is free to be made by virtually anybody. That's yes. Yeah. No longer the Dark Empire, known as Love EA, is uh, running that 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 ship. But I do want to move on to topic uh, number four of the day. Uh, it's a big one, and you know, obviously, when you talk about Microsoft and you talk about Nintendo, it's hard. Uh, almost impossible not to talk about Sony. And that is who we're going to talk about right now. And we're going to be talking some God of War 2. Now, everything that we know or everything we think we know to uh, uh you know for Sony Santa Monica's highly anticipated sequel to 2018's game of the year uh has been detailed on numerous sites now we don't have a lot of information we do have something that was revealed during Sony's June event where we did see that we will get the return of both Kratos and Atreus uh and obviously they're going to be be exploring more of an ancient Norse realms uh, but what was interesting, and again, spoiler alert if you missed this, and shame on you if, if you did, at the end of the rebooted God of War 1, we got a glimpse of what appeared to be the God of Thunder, Thor, stopping by for a conversation with Kratos, and it's safe to say that that conversation was going to, uh, was going to merge into them beating the hell out of each other. Now, what's more interesting than that? Uh, is that the one of the final scenes uh, uh, of God of War uh, 1, the reboot for the PlayStation 4? And again, spoiler warning, plug your ears if you missed out on this. Kratos tells his son that his mother originally wanted to name him Loki. 
Uh, but Kratos pushed for the name Atreus to honor a Spartan warrior killed in battle. Now, this detail is critical because it reveals that Atreus is, in fact, Loki, who plays an important part in Norse mythology. Now, so far, the other thing that we got was, of course, during the PlayStation uh, 5 event, uh, I believe it was, I'm not even sure exactly when it was. I don't have the date in front of me, but we did get the announcement trailer for God of War 2. And we didn't see any gameplay, but we did get Kratos talking about um, what is, what, what's going to be coming. And he says this. Uh, he says, uh, uh, prepare for what is coming. Uh, and of course, then we see the runes that are translated into the word Ragnarok. Now... This is where this conversation takes a real uh, hard right turn. Um, what is interesting is that this game is supposedly going to be releasing this year. And I say supposedly because obviously we are still battling COVID. MoCap is something that seems to have really slowed down. Now, obviously, these studios are taking precautions and movies are now starting to be produced. I would imagine games are going to be in there as well. Now, here is a small tidbit of information that is relevant to the conversation that I thought about when I was writing this topic. And the director of God of War. Uh, and, and, of course, I'm talking about Corey Barlog, who is a friend of Double Barrel Gaming and Insipid Ghost. Unfortunately, he is not a friend of dear Mr. Bedbit. Sorry for bringing that up again. I know that hurts. Uh, talked about originally that there was going to be DLC for the 2018 God of War, but said they were halted in doing so because his plans were too ambitious uh that means that the studio can invest resources into an entirely new game as opposed to the post-launch content that he had wanted to do here's the thing when you look at what sony has done the turnaround on something like uh spider-man 2018 to spider-man miles morales was rather quick uh people consider it a dlc i am currently in the hunt to platinum miles morales which by far should have been my number three of 2020 it is just an incredibly technologically beautiful game and there's so many small aspects that i've been posting on twitter that make you see how incredible the uh talent at insomniac games is this was a smaller uh more confined spider-man story with miles morales was it planned as dlc for 2018 spider-man i believe so uh, did they hold back to release it for the PlayStation 5 as a launch title? I believe that as well. Here's my question to the panel. And I'm going to start with, of course, our resident Platinum Trophy Hunter in, of course, BitCloud Gaming. Do you think that this is going to be a full-on sequel to God of War? Um, God of War 1, or do you think that this could potentially be that DLC that was, quote-unquote, according to Corey Barlog, too ambitious in this upcoming release, and do you honestly believe it's going to release this year? I don't get back, sorry. <laughs> um, okay. God of War. So the new one, right? We're talking about the new one recently? Yes. Um, okay, so here's my take on this, right? I, I said this earlier before. 
Um, if this game, I honestly don't think it's dropping this year. That's how I personally feel on it. I, I agree with you there. Yes. It's too big of a project. I don't see it just dropping that fast. I mean, that means they immediately <laughs> went right to development as soon as the game released. And again, even at that time, you still need more time than that, especially with COVID and everything. I don't see them getting that stuff, you know, done and properly out there uh, to release at this particular time. But honestly, though, the way people keep talking about it, keep hyping up, saying that the time, you know, it's it's sooner rather than later that we're going to get more news. It could very well be that DLC. Honestly, it could be. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all heard, but Arthur Morgan, the voice behind Arthur Morgan, is supposedly uh, collaborating with them and working on that game. And so I had this theory going around that maybe he's the voice of Thor. Oh, oh, that's interesting. That's probably what's going on too. I'm not really sure. It's 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 too much, right? It's too it's too big of a gamble to say that that game is dropping uh, this particular year, especially when you got Forbidden West. Yeah, and you yeah. have um, Ratchet and Clank as well. And a few other titles like Returnal is also dropping this year. And they have a deal, I think, with Hitman 3, right? Isn't Hitman 3? I believe so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, they, I don't think they need it really for this year. I mean, listen, I agree. I agree. I I don't think they necessarily need it. Would it be great? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't want to play God of War 2021, but I am also okay playing with what we know. Listen, folks. If you have some concerns about what Sony is going to bring out in in, in 2021, please don't. Uh, Because uh, Returnal may not be for everyone. It's for Boom, and I'm getting that day one. Uh, Ratchet and Clank may not be for everyone. Again, for Boom, I am getting that day one. And then when you talk about Horizon, listen, a lot of people call it Horizon Zero whatever. I love Aloy. I love the world. I love the first one's my favorite PlayStation 4 game. I cannot wait for Forbidden West, and it is going to be another monster AAA game. Do they need God of War 2? The answer is no, because even if they only released those three with a few other of their second-party deals, I think it's a big win for Sony. But Regardless, still yeah. a good year. Regardless, and absolutely 100%. Joey's very notorious for this too, boom. Uh, when they like stretch out stuff as long as possible, and in this particular game, I mean, come on, look at their look at the reception the last God of War got, right? You don't want to rush this. This I agree, you don't want to rush. Look at CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk, you don't want that do it (laughs) on God of War, you don't want that. So, I honestly think that's next year. And um, what you're going to get, you know, again, this Horizon, you're going to get the Returnal, you'll get the deal with uh, Hitman 3, you'll get Ratchet and Clank, um, whatever future deals or whatever Resistance future games are working remake. on. Resistance Remake is another possibility. because I, like I like it. I like it. Because, you know, again, Insomnia <laughs> Games, he's playing with our emotions. They, they posted, certainly are. Uh, they, they posted another picture of the big uh, um, Goliath from, I think it was Resistance 2. Throws the you second in the one, yeah. It yeah, was they, they yeah, post that again. So again, they're playing with our emotions, but again, the possibilities are are endless tonight in that regard. But, I definitely like that. Joe, why don't you give us your opinion on this? Do they need God of War two in 2021? But more importantly, what what are your what are your thoughts on what exactly is it going to be? Is it going to be this DLC that Corey was originally pitching, or is it going to be something maybe combined with the DLC and something new that they're doing? It really depends. I kind of think that this is more of a more of a sequel than what like Miles is. Uh, I know when 
I know Miles was completed in under two years. They, I, th- I, I believe uh, Brian Endahar talked to the, the Miles team, actually talked to Najee Jeter, who voices Miles, at, at the rap party for Spider-Man. It was just like, hey, you want to be in another game that's going to come out in 2020? <laughs> and that's how that, that got you know, got in motion. So knowing that they have like most of the assets, they 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 know that their fan base really dug what you know God of War was all about the re, uh, the reimagining. That they they have the tools in place and the faith by the fans to deliver something and to take more risks. So I really think that this DLC, if we're taking a look at the same time frame. Um, if it's going by the same time frame that you know Insomniac did with Miles, this thing's gonna have an extra year on it to develop for. So I do think this is gonna be probably a smaller-ish experience from the first game, but it's going to be playing on some of the gameplay elements that was in the first game, and yeah, some of the story beats as well. I think you know, yeah, big spoiler alert: Ragnarok has begun. I don't think. That that is something that is a DLC. That is the major important yeah. milestone. Yeah, Thimble Winter yeah. Uh, began literally as soon as the end of God of War One. That was a mighty winter. The the the, the mighty storm began. So yeah. uh, it would have to be probably um, unless they do like a time jump. Maybe it's a uh, story for Atreus, like a single thing for Atreus. You see an older Atreus, him Maybe, coming possibly. Yeah, and coming to his his own with his own powers this time around, shape shifting because yeah. you know who he really is. He's oh, that would be so dope, dude. Yeah, dope. And, and so, like for me, yeah, like with 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 Winter coming there, it does it does give me ideas of like, oh yeah, they could play with the snow effects, particle effects. They could play with a whole mm. lot of stuff in that sequel. Also, there's an update coming. So you guys, one of y'all, there's a lot. I think, I think maybe you. Nonetheless, um, <laughs> yeah, like when it comes to what they could play with the PlayStation 5, I think if it is delayed till 2022, then this is going to be a much bigger experience that we were uh, that we were expecting. So I, I think, you know, gang, buckle in. We're going to get way more delays coming. Oh yeah, I think I, I think that is going yeah, to be a running uh, running theme for 2021, mm-hmm. folks. Listen, if it, uh, we uh, I I don't know where I read this, that as they said exactly that that expect major delays with a lot of games. I I I and, I, and you know what? Don't get mad if it happens, folks. These, these are human beings with families and stuff. And COVID's a real freaking thing, and yep. I think that you know maybe a couple of years from now down the line. Uh, you know, remote working, remote developing is going to be uh, better. I, I, you know, we're gonna, it's going to be a world that is going to, uh, is going to be used to doing it. So there's going to be some uh, techniques to make it easier. But th- they had to learn this shit on the fly. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, and, and with COVID being as, as horrible and rampant as it is, we we have to understand that Joe is onto something with this. Delays are coming, and and I agree. I think that if it, it does, PlayStation need God of War this year. No, they do not. Um, I think they're going to have more than enough of of their own first party. Uh, we do have some surprises that are going to be coming, but God of War. I just I'm I'm there with with Big Cloud. I just I just don't I do not see it happening. It's too precious to them at this particular time to rush and go, oh, guys, hey, you know what? We got a God of War for you. And it's like, okay, yeah. we get it. And it's just, wait, 
this doesn't even feel like the same effort went into than the previous one. And that's when you just started devaluing the, the whole situation. It's like, don't do that. Nah. And when yeah. it comes to like the, like delaying games, see, I know like I think Colobial like put out like this whole like the 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 list of games coming out for Xbox in the next year or two. I'm like, ooh, I would have pulled back on that because I know <laughs> I think COVID has pushed a lot of time frames all over the place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we just got to increase in death totals and everything. It's like, nah, it's I don't think a lot scary. of this stuff that we we have our expectations for are gonna drop on time. This is stuff that's going to get pushed. And I think yeah. like Archimedes was talking about it like yesterday, and that like I was actually listening to a report uh, of of people who are working remotely, and it's just like it's different type of work. Like a lot of people, you got your kids there, you got mm-hmm. distractions. Yes, indeed. And so like it's it's you're not as productive as you could be, and that's something that is unavoidable. And your creativity is kind of shot too, because remember you're not really focused. So <laughs> another right. thing you got to take into account. So, so I agree. Five more. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Let's uh, let's bring uh, let's bring slow mo backslap into the conversation. Slow mo, the, the 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 simple question is: Does PlayStation Five need God of War uh, two? And more importantly, what what are your thoughts on uh, the the originally pitched uh, Corey Barlog DLC that was again quote unquote to him? He said this too ambitious. Could we actually see the next release for God of War? be a more uh, confined release, like Spider-Man Miles Morales, or do you think it's going to be balls to the walls b- as big as God of War 2018? Uh, yeah, I I don't think they need God of War this year. They they got they got Horizon Forbidden West, they got Ratchet and Clank, they got Returnal, as you mentioned earlier. They, they got a number of games that are coming out this year. They, so if it ends up being delayed due to COVID-related reasons and just the way things are in this pandemic, then, I mean, I don't think Sony's the kind of person that will say, well, it's getting released anyway. Right, you know, right, right. Luck. They would delay it if it's not ready because they want it to be ready before it comes out, that, that they value that more than anything. So I think if it it's not ready, then it'll be pushed to 2022 and that's fine because they don't need it this year. That said, I do think it is something that's more along the lines of say a Spider-Man Miles Morales than the full-fledged game that God of War 2018 was. It if it if it was the Cory Barlog DLC, but now that's just a little bit because if you think about it, if you look at Miles Morales, that is it's not as big as Spider-Man 2018, but it's bigger than what you would expect, like your typical DLC to be. If you look at the the DLCs for for Spider-Man, um, where the Spider-Man is going up against uh, uh, oh, Hammerhead, and yeah. and yeah, those those were like two or three hour uh, individual DLCs all together. They were probably a slightly smaller in scope than what Miles Morales is. So if you take that and you and you look at where what they did with it, the, the new abilities they gave uh Miles and yeah, this is a little bit more than than you would want to put into Spider-Man. Plus it's a whole different story with a different character as the focus. Uh I, all that's it, you know, Kratos is Kratos. That's not what they're doing here. I, I definitely do believe the the way it ended with Thor will be the focus of this story. 
Yeah. But probably something in the of the vein of like 10 to 15 hours and and smaller in scope, which is fine because it took them six years to make God of War. That's correct. And, yes. and this is coming out, if it does make it this year, three years. That's half the time, which yep. makes sense because you already built the world. You already built the engine. You're you're going to you're continuing on with what you already created, and what you created was damn good already. So you don't really need to reinvent the wheel here, and you can continue on with a you know a, continue that story on with a strong foundation and have a really really good experience as the end result. So I think I think that's probably what we're going to get here. And even if it does get delayed, it's not going to be probably more delayed because uh, of making sure that the game is polished. And that yeah. a, a buggy mess when it comes out. And I agree. And I and listen, there are great there are great examples of uh, first impressions uh, not not going off well with fans. Uh, and again, I, I'm not I'm not picking on them, but when you look at how the reception was for Halo Infinite, for instance, I thought the game looked fine, to be honest with you, and I would have been more than happy playing that. But I, I also agree that it did not look next gen. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 B- by the the creme de la creme of the industry known as CD Projekt Red, they dropped the ball, and you know obviously we, we see the repercussions of it uh, going on currently as we speak. So there's been some prime examples of how not to show a game, uh, and I think that Sony is in a position where. They are uh, doing so well with their first party. They definitely don't want. And, and listen, everyone can stumble, folks. Let's not say that Sony, Sony's uh, Santa Monica Studios cannot tr- accidentally trip over their own two feet and 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 make a bad game. It, it, it's possible. Is it likely? No. But they definitely don't want to show God of War. And people are like, wow, that doesn't look. That doesn't that looks a little worse than God of War 2018? Uh, what's happening? So they don't want to do that, and they don't necessarily need to rush it out. But crispy bomb, let's get your opinion on this, brother. God of War 2018 uh, sh- surprised a lot of people, but uh, because it was not what a lot of people expected, because of what the other God of Wars was, and I mean, it, it surprised people in the best way possible. I was one of them. Uh, it should have been my game of the year 2018, but it got b- bounced last minute. Uh, by, of course, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I loved both of them equally. It literally was a hair. For what we know about God of War 2, do you think that it it releases in 2021? And do you think that it's going to be as big as in scale and scope as God of War 2018? Uh, Well, I mean, we've seen a lot of developers be able to turn out a full game in three years, uh, especially once, like like Slomo Sled, once the engine's built, everything else is 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 there for the taking uh you, you can definitely do it i was a little surprised when they announced it and gave a date or a you know a span a year yeah year, you know what i mean like i'm like you know i would have thought 2022 it, it's more than likely is going to happen i mean I, we haven't heard much of anything you know yeah we could have a show coming up soon and they can mention more or they could say look we're delaying it and nobody would be surprised with that you have plenty of games coming out this year yeah. um you know, I think I think if it comes out this year, it might be that that borderline. I'm almost calling them hybrids now of of a DLC slash game. Yeah. I don't even want to call it a DLC because it's it's bigger than that. You know what I mean? But it's also you know you're not going full on in. But I think if it's delayed, maybe they they're rethinking it and saying, hey, maybe we can release a full game. 
who really knows right now i mean the world's all crazy and you know <laughs> the video games are just you know a fun thing to get away at this point so i just want everybody wants them to bring out a great game that's really what it comes down to yeah, and I'm right there with you. Whether you call it a DLC at a 12-hour uh, event or a 20-hour, uh, you know, epilogue, I'm okay either way. It's God of War. Uh, I don't know if Corey Barlog is going to be involved in this particular project. For some reason, I swear that I read that he's not, and I don't know why they would do that. But I, I, I'm almost positive he's not attached to this project. I think that maybe. He'll have some sort of credits if they use the DLC he pitched. I would imagine that he's going to have some sort of a say into it, but we don't actually know. But let's get the final point from Dreadpool. Uh, Dreadpool, for you, uh, do you think that God of War releases in 2021? And what do you think this is actually going to be considering what they've done with Miles Morales as a standalone project? First, let me say... Spoiler alert, Thor. Are you kidding me? You know, I haven't played the game yet. No, I'm kidding. Oh. I don't care. Thank goodness for that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna forget about it and be shocked all over again, so it won't matter. Um, but no, seriously, um, can I when, when I'm fine with whatever this is, okay? When it comes out, I've said it before, when when certain games, you know, we talk about all these uh, games needing to be uh, having DLC, continuing on the story, a sequel. Doesn't that sound sort of the same, a DLC to continue on and a sequel? Now, if they're also, um, what, what was the statement? They were halted for being too ambitious. Yes, that is okay. correct. So if they're being halted for being too ambitious for DLC, it sounds like this is one of those standalone DLCs that have turned into an expansion slash sequel. Um, I'm okay with it. You know, I, I prefer to do something like that, you know, turn it and, and I call it a platform like Halo Infinite. It's a plat. It's going to be created as a platform to build off of using that existing engine, the existing yep. assets, just tweak it out, put, you know, add some more characters, add some more graphics, you know, tweak it out. And depending on the engine you're using, you might get some more advancements, you know, and then you kind of go on like that, you know, and then you can push out another quick game where you're not starting from the ground rebuilding everything rebuilding all your assets you know you can just move on all right here we are here's the story we just said that it was being halted for too ambitious which means it's huge all right so if they're going to do that the way i'm looking at it is they're taking that and adding even more and then on top of that because it is in a let's call it a platform they took all that information and created you know expanded the story that they were going to use as dlc yeah. you have a full game it's just you know it, yet again like i said there's a dlc that that continues on the story isn't that a sequel anyway so if you're making a, a god of war 2 that could still be your dlc right there it, it could still be synonymous as the same thing now um when you're doing this stuff, I think it's it's great because now we're not waiting as fans for a full five years. I agree. Yes. Shortcut, right. And then you do this a couple, you know, a couple seasons or whatever you want to call it. Um, two, three sequel, whatever. doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It, it just the term is what everybody wants to make it out of. Um, 
but at least this way we can get a couple games out of this faster on a faster turnaround. And then yeah. when they go, you know, to the next one, let's say three or four, they can put a little bit more into it and you know, and just tweak it out every time. Just tweak it out. And then yeah. when we go into the next gen or the next iteration of the engine, it'll it'll completely overhaul everything. And then you can kind of keep going. But at least this way you just keep on pushing the story. You keep on pushing um just the narrative of what this game is about and then you just turn it over turn it over you know you don't want to go too much too fast because i mean what if they were working on the sequel and they had this dlc well this dlc could have taken away from the sequel you know so now the sequel has less to go off of because they they didn't think that far ahead and they may have used up a lot of ideas that now somebody's grasping for something and it could damage uh, uh, the God of War name. You know, we don't want that. We want we want a good game that's going to be um, polished. Like, like, I mean, we looked at the game. How polished is it when you're looking at a PlayStation 4 Pro and it looked immaculate? And then you go back down to the PlayStation 4 and it still looks immaculate. You know what I mean? The the level of detail and polish that they did on the on the lesser system was was phenomenal. So yeah. they're going to do something like this. I, and here's the other thing: didn't they say they're going to support PlayStation Four for the next three to four years? Yeah, yep. yeah. We don't. We don't. It's it's safe to assume that whatever the next God of War being, it, it's probably going to be released on the PlayStation Four as well. I'm, I'm going to assume that too. Well, as soon as they said Horizon was going to be like that, I was like, hmm, you know, God of War seems like it too. If that's yeah, it, it, it makes sense. It's it's literally leaving money on the table uh, because right. yeah. obviously yeah. if you can't get PlayStation 5s made to get them out there to the people. <laughs> yep. I, you know what I'm saying? It, it's it, the one thing that that neither Xbox or Sony has is something that Nintendo has in spades. And that is if you look at their attach rate per game, it's 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 ridiculous. It's is nearly one to one. So you're not gonna, you're not going to get that with Halo Infinite and and Microsoft. You're not going to get that with God of War uh, on the PlayStation Five. So you, they need to bring these games to the other consoles so they can have more players playing them or potentially purchasing the title. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's a lockdown, so you got to make the the price of uh, the production back on these games. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because Nintendo, like Mario, like Mario by itself, sells like what twenty five. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like twenty five million almost every <laughs> Mario. Million. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, but you look at Miles Morales. You you look at how how PS four and PS five. You know the the different feature sets that they had, and how mm -hmm. PS five failed because they didn't properly like polish it like they should have you know it's still a great game but i mean people were able to go in there and tweak out and like oh my god you know there's there, there, there's no ray tracing reflections here and you know just making a big deal out of nothing you know well but, i mean look it, it, i would imagine that the next god of war is going to be something special whether that be a 12 hour game or a 25 hour game no, right. no one really knows but i i i'm i'm with most of the panel believe that not a, a they don't need it and b I don't think it's coming out. I don't think that they just, even if it's a year from now, I, I, I just don't see this game releasing in 2021. I see it March of 2022, 
uh, where uh, they, they'll have a full four years of development on this title, and it, it's going to launch probably potentially around the anniversary yep. of when uh, God of War One released. And that's that's another good example right there. See, Sony's always about that moment season type of thing. You yeah, yeah. Have God of War out with that time frame just seems about right. So that's what I'm talking about with uh, um, N7. Oh, uh, Mass Effect. Mass Effect, thank you. Kind of mm -hmm. like I was talking about Mass Effect, you know, getting it out right at that time that yep. they you know, to keep it fresh, keep the hype going, and this would be the time. Yeah. Yep. No. And, and, and again, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. But I, I do want to, uh, first of all, we, we are past the two-hour mark, folks. I want to thank the over ne nearly 300 people we had in the chat this morning for the newest episode of Breakfast of Boom. I want to uh, just grab two super chats before we get on out of here from Dead Planet, who drops not one, but two outstanding $5 super chats. And he says this on the first one. Could the revenue losses in the movie industry in 2020 lead to a lot of studios licensing their properties to game studios a la indiana jones yes that is definitely a possibility for sure uh, I don't know. what was that now as we say keep your eyes open for a 007 game if the latest uh 007 movie doesn't at least break even or make up for that you know yeah, i think what he calls doing a 007 game um the people that make hitman i am i am yeah, IO Interactive is doing that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm excited for that because it's IO. I think Hitman releases this month as well, Hitman 3. Um, and, yeah, they're doing a James Bond game. I, I, I see more uh, movie licenses uh, mm. coming to gaming, but I also see a lot of gaming licenses going to film and in the way of uh, episodic content you know resident evil has uh, a live action film that was just uh wrapped uh production that they're doing post-production work now it's going to star all of our favorite characters from the series a real resident evil you have yeah. a charted film you have um a last of us uh series coming to i believe it's hbo you also have the showtime halo uh, series that's launching this year, supposedly before it's it's exciting time for um the movie industry. If you're, a I put it this way: if you're a fan of one, you're probably a fan of both, and it's gonna we're gonna be getting great content on both sides of the coin. His second super chat says this: I do wonder about Indiana Jones for PlayStation. Their Twitter account has no issues talking about Deathloop or Ghostwire all the time. Why the silence? Because I don't think they know. I don't think anyone really knows. But Todd Howard, uh, I don't think anyone knows but Microsoft if this is going to be a multi-plat. I mean, again, we talked about this on uh, the Xbox Factor podcast. Phil Spencer has said that they wish they had a franchise like Uncharted for Xbox, and they currently don't. He said that. I think that this is going to be the answer to it. Even though it's a licensed IP, I still believe because of that, because of of of, of the Uncharted, uh, uh, you know, franchise being exclusive, of course, to Sony, Microsoft is going to want to dip their toe in that pond and have their own exclusive, even if it is a licensed IP in Indiana Jones. And with Machine Games heading it off with Todd Howard as executive producer, I have some serious high hopes. But let's get into the outros. Get everyone out of here and start your weekend. Hopefully you enjoyed the two-plus hour show that we had for you today. We got to all four topics. I'm very, very, very happy about that. And we'll start with our guest of the day, Slow Mo Backslap. Thank you so much 
for taking the time to hang out with us. Uh, you always bring it 100 every time you're on this show, but you've been doing some pretty epic things on your channel. You've teamed up with our very good friend, who is the game, uh, I'm gonna say GameStop insider. Um, and uh, he and you have an amazing, and of course, I'm talking about gaming forte. You have an amazing show that you guys do as a duo. I think it's uh, more people need to get eyes and ears on it. I also like the work that you're doing on, of course, BRAP, Basement Radio Arcade Podcast, each and every week, and the work you're doing on your channel. Tell everyone about where they can check that stuff out and where could people reach out to you for a conversation well, on social media. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, boom. Thanks again for the invite. You know, I always love doing breakfast with Boom and get my coffee in, get the, you know, you know, just just, you know, chop it up with some gamers and really have a good time. So I appreciate uh, the invite. The show was awesome. Of course, uh, anytime I get the chance to talk about Mass Effect, I'm, I'm, I'm game for it, you know. Um, everyone can check me out on my own YouTube channel, Slow Mo Backslap, as well as on Twitter, same name. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm always wanting to talk about games as, you know, as, as, as what we all about. And, uh, I drop, uh, consistent content on the games I'm interested in, as well as, uh, some, sometimes some indie, a little, little known games that have a lot of potential that I like to focus in on more. Uh, and, you know, every now and then I also do some feature stuff on like technology and stuff, stuff that developers are using. For example, I'm going to do a video on, on uh the uh snowdrop engine that master entertainment uses uh in the division because that's the same engine they're going to use in this new star wars game so kind of like i got some did some research on that going to do a video kind of putting it all together on why the engine is so easy to use and why a lot of developers are are excited about it so yeah awesome. check the channel out uh hope you guys have a great weekend it's a uh, it's finally Friday, you know, done with work kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, enjoy your games, man. Well, thank you so much for being here as always. Next up, uh, uh, BitCloud Gaming. Thank you so much for returning to the program. This is your first show in 2021. You, my friend, have been doing some big things on your channel. You have a show this afternoon on the BitCloud Gaming Network. Tell everyone about where they could check out your growing YouTube channel and also strike up a conversation on social media. Well, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's uh, good to be back. Looking forward to 2021, that's for sure. Uh, good talking with you, Mr. Bad Bit. Slow-mo. It's always a pleasure. Uh, crispy. Dreadful. Uh, you guys can find me at BitCloud Gaming, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. And uh, yeah, at 5 p.m. today, RGD Podcast. And man, this weekend's hopefully, hopefully this weekend is even more lit because, uh, you know, we got the fight. We got McGregor versus uh, God. <laughs> And that's going to be a big fight. That definitely going to be. I'm, I'm very interested to see the winner of that. Mr. Bad Bit, you have made your rounds. You're Ooh. back. You're COVID-free. Hopefully everyone at home is doing well. Tell everyone about the outstanding return to the trophy room with your best friend, Kyle. And also, where could people reach out to you and pull you past 2K followers on Twitter? You can follow me over. And also, what a great show that I walked in on, stumbled in on. So we found out the most important thing, I think, in this whole show, Back to the Future, better than Top Gun. That's just fair. It's whatever. <laughs> and, and honestly, Luke's an idiot. Luke, Luke Lord, big dummy. Um, uh, you can find me over at Mr. Badbit. You can find the Trophy Room over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. Uh, but make sure you follow me at Mr. Bad Bit on Twitter because this weekend 
Um, I will be uh, streaming for our good friend Nintendo Guru, who is still battling uh, COVID-19. I'm going to drop a link in the chat if you don't yes, mind. Yes, absolutely. Um, there are literally hundreds of prizes. Hundreds, including a Xbox Series X and a Nintendo Switch that you could win. I believe the donation amount to, to get that Xbox, I think it's around 10 or 20 bucks. It all goes towards Nintendo Guru's hospital bills. He's been in the hospital since late October. Yeah. Um, yeah. We already smashed 10K. We're at 12K right now. Our dream is to hit 20. This is all to help those hospital bills. Right now, he's currently off at Mo Machine, which cleans his blood for him. He's he's really he's this guy's a goddamn warrior. So please, please, please go over there, donate. Even if it's a buck, it really does help a person in need. So thank you all so much for having me once again, guys. Definitely appreciate that. And thank you for sharing the information about Nintendo Guru. Certainly a community member. Uh, that is one of the good guys for sure. Crispy Bomb, why don't you tell us about what shows you got going on for next week? And more importantly, tell everyone where they can reach out, get cut in half by a chainsaw, and strike up a conversation. <laughs> Always a pleasure, gentlemen. And uh, yeah, at Crispy Bomb on Twitter, Crispy Bomb 28 Xbox Live. You can find me on Retro Renegades Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Thursday night, 7 p.m., the next podcast. And, of course, I'll be back here on Friday morning with Breakfast with Boom. Well, thank you so much for being here, bro. Definitely appreciate that. And uh, Dreadpool, why don't you tell us about Breaking Bread with Dread? What new episodes you have coming on? What other shows that you're going to be guest appearing and potentially starring in? And where could people reach out to you on social media? All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, definitely boom, bad bit, slow-mo, crispy, bit cloud. It's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, Breaking Bread with Dread is on anchor.fm slash dreadpool. Um, Having a little issue right now with especially COVID ramping back up. So yep. keep that social distancing. So a lot of the um, the guys that I had already scheduled, uh, <laughs> we had to like push it back a little bit. So that's why my January has been a little uh, dead right now. But uh, once everybody is clear and we can safely uh, meet up again, then we will and we will continue on. But uh, definitely uh, appreciate everybody checking it out. And every week you can find me on uh, Gaming Beyond the Box Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Breakfast Boom right here every single Friday morning at 10 a.m. And I will have some sort of breakfast uh, to, to explain what I eat. <laughs> the show. And then four guys with quarters interviews with uh, clowns and, and um, um, Mama the Rocks and Mav from Fun Speculation. Uh, so anytime I can help them out, we're, we're, uh, interviewing a whole bunch of people in the industry and, and just learning stuff and helping you guys learn a little bit more about the industry and how things work that we don't see because we're just gamers and we think we know. And because they're on the inside, they actually give us the, the real insights of what their lives are like. So it, it's cool to, to, to get to experience more more information and, and be able to pass it around to everybody 
Yeah, yeah, definitely is definitely get, getting behind the scene, getting a peek behind the curtain of what uh, game development is is something that you can find on Four Guys with Quarters. Uh, certainly, a good friend of the show, Luke Lore, does that as well on the Xbox Expansion Pass. Yes, Joe, I'm sorry, brother, we're gonna have to uh, push uh, your brother, even though yeah, I mean, you 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 guys fight all all the time. Sure, guys, you can leave right now. Just make sure you like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everyone, have a great weekend. I want to thank everybody for being here. Of course, I want to thank the super chats that continue to come in uh, it definitely uh helps the show grow certainly uh would appreciate likes being hit before you get on out of here and of course sharing this on social media and if you're new to the channel we want to well we want to welcome you with open arms and hope that you consider subscribing to the double barrel gaming network folks have a great have a great weekend be safe be smart don't take chances. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. And I'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught me. And he used to say, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you you're going to have an awesome time. There you go, Joe. Be safe, brother. Everyone, take care. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next week on the newest episode of Breakfast with Boom. Boom.